no intro, no bullshit. We're just going straight to it. We haven't done it. Look, and, and Dino's laughing already. He's laughing already because we talked for like two minutes offline before the start of this. And everybody tuning in is like, this is the most, the least organized hard to paint I've ever seen. So I, I don't care. I don't care. <laughs> Dean, I already, when I, when I sat down, I knew the title I was going to give this episode. And it's no Vaseline, man. No Vaseline. That's the name of this episode. Because I was sitting in on the chat last night on the um, Twitter spaces, okay, after the game last night. And the Pelicans fall to one and nine, lose to the Warriors on the road. And look, you on paper, you sit there and you go, of course they lose to the Warriors on the road. The Warriors six and one. Warriors got Steph Curry and all this stuff. You lost by 41 points. You lost by 41 points in an NBA game. And let's take Steph Curry had was five for 15 last night. Five for 15. Andre Godala, two points. Two points. Ten assists. Two yes, points. Yes, yes. Two points. So we're going to get into all what these things mean in a second. Draymond Green, six points. Those are your veterans, right? Jordan Poole is going off. Gary Payton, the second, is going off. Dudes, that's just ex- like that. Don't tell me these. This is not the championship edition Warriors, folks. Let, let's not. Let's, let's keep it real here. That Warriors defense, the offense that came in last night, as good as they looked against the Pelicans, the Warriors are a middling middling NBA offense this season. They are an elite def- defensive team. They're the number one defensive team in the NBA. And you saw why last night for a number of reasons. But they are a team that offensively is made up of a bunch of guys and one legend in Seth Curry. This is still a team without Clay Thompson. This is team, a team playing a bunch of role players in, in, in significant parts. Andrew Wiggins last night. Andrew Wiggins didn't go off. Did Andrew Wiggins go off last night? He had a couple plays. He didn't go off. Mm-hmm. You got beat last night. We're going to get into all this shit, Dean. <laughs> you got beat. You got beat because the other team played basketball better than you. They played basketball better than you. And every team in the NBA, you look at this and you look – the, the, through the 10 games we've seen so far, and everybody going to be like, well, you got that one in Minnesota. You've played back-to-backs in Minnesota. You better come out of there with a split. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. You better come out of there with a split. Minnesota ain't no <clears> – this is a team. The first and foremost thing of this team is, in the three years that, that they've been under the, the – well, not three full years, but two-plus years that you've been under David Griffin, the rosters that have been assembled have been some of the lowest – basketball IQ teams in the history of New Orleans Pelicans basketball. Oh, my goodness. You know, there's so much to delve into and definitely want to thank everybody that was hitting you up, hitting me up saying, yo, man, what's the deal? When are y'all going to get back to high and low? Because we need to hear the truth. So the no Vaseline definitely moniker makes perfect sense because, you know, that's how we always give it to everybody, man. And we greatly appreciate those that listen and tweet to us and everything else from me You know, one of the things that you stopped me from mentioning right before we started doing High Low today was how few times the basketball actually touched the floor for Golden State last night. Golden State 
slices and dices like the Wapa Chapel with precision. You look up at one point during the course of the game, you were like, man, the Pels came out and they started off pretty well. They were, you know, they were right there. I mean, you knew it wasn't going to be anything sustaining. You knew it wasn't going to last. You knew that. It's Golden State. Let's be honest about it. But you saw a level of guys that seemed like they wanted to be extremely engaged, guys that seemed like, okay, they might get a little bit. I mean, you know, at the end of the first quarter, they were only down seven, 31 to 38. You're like, all right, we know what's going to happen. You go down at the end of the second quarter, you actually won the second quarter, 19 to 16. So you're feeling a little good, but you know Golden State is just kind of like laying in the weeds. Like, you know they are. Like, they hadn't played their best basketball yet, and we, on the other hand, was playing the best that we possibly could. With that being said, I re-looked at the game last night, early this morning. Maybe two or three times throughout the course of the game, and of course people can't see us, but you didn't see the basketball touching the floor where guys were just standing around dancing with the basketball. When Golden State put the basketball on the floor, one, they put the basketball on the floor to go somewhere. Dave, we were taught this as little kids. Bitty, bitty ball. Bitty basketball. Nobody cares how great you handle the basketball for 18 seconds on a shot clock in the NBA game, just dancing around with the ball, just dancing around with the ball. Because then you have the rest of your teammates just standing there. Golden State, when they put the ball on the floor, they go somewhere. But more importantly, when the ball did touch the floor, it was a bounce pass for somebody else to get a cut to the rim for an easy layup or dunk. Gary Payton II is looking like an all-pro so far this season. Last night, we made him look like he was a legitimate door near Hall of Famer. Yo, okay? he's out here punching it on dudes. Punching it. I... With no respect or regard for anyone. The last right? two nights between Charlotte and the Pelicans, GP2 done got some... Uh... You're looking at GP2 saying, where did this come from? Like, who is this guy? I say all that to say this. The ball never touches the floor. Even with the rebound, the pass that Draymond made to Steph, that Steph then makes a precision pass between two defenders that gets another easy dunk. You're like, dude, this is practice drills that we were taught as kids. Don't let the basketball touch the floor. Keep it moving. Keep it. Just like when we, when we were in our figure eight weaves. The ball can't touch the floor. The ball can't touch the floor. They ran it that way. But here's the funny thing about it, and you alluded to it. It's not like it was just coming from Draymond and Steph, because pretty much the, first, the whole fourth quarter, you didn't even see Steph. The second half, they didn't play much. Okay. Steph only played 25 minutes last night. It okay. only took 50, again, five for 15, for 15 from the field. He didn't even have a great shooting night by All his threes four. came in the first half. First half. So here's what you got, Dave. You have young guys 
who have bought into the system, who have bought into the culture. You see, people use this word culture thinking, well, if you talk about it, it becomes. No, no, no. It's the other way around. Culture doesn't have to be talked about. It becomes, it evolves from guys going into Golden State, understanding clearly the ball has to move. There has to be player movement. You very rarely saw Golden State just standing and watching. Everybody got in, but they're also top three in defense. That leads to them getting a 20, 30, 40 point lead. If you defend, rebound, you force the opposing team. And Dave, what's baffling to me is that you and I have been saying the same thing. It's almost like this is Groundhog's Day, if you will. It's like this is not a difficult concept to understand. It's really not. You defend, then you attack, but you don't attack trying to beat the defense back with just dribbling the basketball. Move the basketball, players run, and then you will be able to get any shot, any layup, any dunk. Last night, Golden State looked like the Harlem Globetrotters playing against the Washington Generals last night. And you know, people get upset because we go hard in the paint. But let me ask you a question. Go ahead. Coaches that care about you as a player, parents who care about their kids, do what? Hold their kids accountable. They push them to be the best. You tell they don't sugarcoat. The truth. Okay. You tell people you love the truth. But then when we give you the truth, you get upset. Oh, man, you're being hard on the Pelicans. That's the problem. Somebody needs to be hard on the Pelicans from the front office on down. There are Nobody is insulting them. You and I want them to be winners more than anybody else. People really don't know how much you and I would be in that arena and the things that we would see, the things that we would hear, the things that we would experience, just like when it came to an empty arena. People don't, and I don't think people understand I worked for the New Orleans Pelicans for three seasons as a data analyst at the same time while still working for ESPN radio. There are things that we are privy to that other people who want to chime in and try to come at us have no knowledge or information about. Even when it comes to the top of the arena, for example, in the Smoothie King Center, the reason why when you look at television, Forgive me for a second, because I have a background in communication with the concentration of public relations and broadcasting, and I worked in television and worked in radio. But from a TV standpoint, being a floor director at a news station, being a sports reporter where understanding the reason why the camera angles are pointed down as opposed to even is because they don't want you to see the top of the arena that is blacked out on purpose to show you that there are no fans there. So I say that they go hand in hand. But with that, the whole point of this is, yes, the Pelicans have to win games. But if you keep saying, well, they got to win before we go and support, guess what? You're going to be waiting a long time because there are certain things that winning organizations know how to do. Dave, explain to me how Golden State, 
for as bad as they were a season or so ago, well, two seasons two ago, two seasons ago, two seasons ago. All right. Now, all of a sudden, still don't have a Clay Thompson. They made moves to get rid of Kelly Oubre to get him out of there. They bring back Andre Iguodala. You don't have they, James Wiseman. You don't have James Wiseman. You have basically guys that you really don't even know. Your who number one they pick are. from this year is not playing. Your number one, your number one picks for the last two years are not even playing. Why not even on the floor? Wiseman, Kaminga. Kaminga didn't get into the fourth quarter last night. He gets very minimal time. But you know what they have on this basketball team? They have leadership and they have a high basketball IQ. They got rid of the knuckleheads. They They got got rid of the knuckleheads. Except for Wiggins because they can't do nothing with him. They can't do nothing with his contract. Right, right. But they got him on the cheap and and he's relatively harmless. He doesn't right. hurt them. He's not a liability no. that's going to be a problem on your basketball team. Right. You can He's not going to be Right. He's not going to do anything great, but he doesn't do anything bad to make up the, the the DNA of your team look bad. With that being said, you also don't have guys who are in the front office who are making it about themselves that got to be everywhere trying to blow smoke and mirrors everywhere around you. Okay? The guys on this basketball team, that being Steph, that being uh, Draymond, they own their team. Notice, everybody doesn't see Steph talking. He doesn't have to. That's not his role. Guys have bought into their role. Even with Klay Thompson being out, even when Klay Thompson was hurt, where was Klay at every game? On the, on bench. the bench with his team. And engaged. And engaged. Okay. When you see players on the court for Golden State falling if they get fouled or they're on the floor, you don't necessarily always see the guys on the court going to help him up. You see guys from the bench going to run and help him up. It is a whole mindset that they have in that this is how we do things here to win. Guys, we're going to get you any and every shot that you want if you just cut and pass, cut and pass, move without the basketball, what do we do? Spend time dancing around on the perimeter, just dribbling for the sake of dribbling. Well, let's that talk. is a waste. Hold on, let me, let me, let's do this. Let's do this. Let's break it real simple. Let's make it real, real simple. Mm-hmm. You're not took high school physics, right? Yes. Yes, absolutely. They're very elemental, princi- elemental principles of physics, right? <laughs> Yeah. Energy is kinetic, right? Energy is kinetic. Yes. Energy is kinetic. Yes. And, what's, and also, we know what? An object in motion stays in motion. Stays in motion. An object at rest stays at rest. Stays at rest. Okay? It's simple. So these physics, this is like, I'm, you know, this it's going to sound like I went to 5% nation something, but I'm about to break down these mathematics for you. Like, you know, like you do on, you know, you watch Wu-Tang, the American soccer, whatever. And he was like, today's mathematics, all right? Today's mathematics is this, all right? Basketball is a sport about what? Movement. Movement. It's a sport about movement. On both sides of the ball, it's about movement. It's about communication, okay? These two things. Sports, just like anything else in your life, is relational. It's relational. Your relationship to your opponent, your relationship to your teammate, your relationship to the ball. Those are the three things on the court at the same time. Your opponent, your teammates, the ball. 
And it all gets exposed. It will all get exposed if they're disjointed. So energy is also what? Attracted to energy. Energy finds energy. So when we're talking about what the Golden State Warriors are, we're saying that constant movement, if you are always moving because you are moving with purpose, first and foremost, not just moving to be moving, and there's a huge difference. And as we're going to get into this too, there's movement with purpose and there's movement to be moving because you don't know where to be. You're trying to find a place to get to because you don't know where you're supposed to be. The Warriors, whether it's, it ain't even got to be the Warriors because people say, well, you're making it about the Warriors. No, we're not. We're not. We can talk about other teams. We can talk about, look, this is, Look at the teams that the Pelicans have played. Look at the schedule that they've had. They have not played a juggernaut schedule. And in the, and in the NBA at the start of the season, there aren't many juggernaut teams that we're looking at here. Everybody's basically what and what out the gate right now. There's right. a lot of teams. Ten games, because it's eight to ten games, and you're trying to figure out and feel who you are, get a feel for who you can play 10-11 deep, 7-8 deep, what they bring to the table. So you're in that feeling out process like a boxing match. But you out here – and everything shows that you are in same, the same line with teams like the Pistons, the Magic, the Thunder, teams that are in full rebuild mode. And this is not about Zion and B.I. missing either. It's not no. about that. Stop the Because you should not be losing by 41 and when, in a game that you were down four at the half. Yes. You don't lose by 41, even without your top two players. That doesn't happen. That doesn't happen. I'm sorry. It doesn't happen. You saw, we've, there's not a single level of basketball. We're on multiple nights. You've seen in, in multiple times this season already. You had a 20-point lead by against Phoenix and lost by double lost figures. Them. Yes. You, so you had a 30-plus point swing. In a game that you led by 20, that does not happen. I don't care who is hurt. What that's about is about you. That's about you as the competitor with Willie Green. And we're going to start. First, I'm going to give, we got to give all, you and I, we're going to stay straight up from the top. This ain't about Willie Green. No. Because Willie Green out there last night, what did he say? He told his team, we got to be smarter. We got to be tougher. And that starts with me. I get you. You feeling yourself out though, dude. And I'm, you, you are also in your first two get, 10 games yeah. as a head coach. And we knew, and we didn't get to talk about this a lot this offseason, but you and I knew, we said they put Willie in a bad position. This is a terrible position for any first-year coach to be in when you have all the things that are surrounding this franchise off the court to put him into this. And, and then when you add on top of that, what has been a three-year process of putting together rosters that don't make sense. Right. And this, we're going to go through this, you and I, we're going to go through this, explain exactly again why the roster construction is not just a matter of skill. It's about talent. It's not just about talent. It's about the mental makeup of the people you choose. It's about the fit with the man next to them. And the Pelicans have done a horrible job of identifying players who fit together. You can have all the individual talent you want, but right. these dudes show up and play like they just met at an open run at the park. Like you just came up and these dudes showed up together and then somebody all handed them all the same jersey and said, y'all are a team, go play. You're going to get what you get 
what you put out there. Absolutely. <laughs> because everybody else had the same training camp that the Pelicans had. Everybody, everybody else had the same, the same offseason training. the Pelicans had. Everybody across the board, but yet everybody wants to make excuses for the Pelicans. Well, you got to give them time. They got some new players. Okay, well, everybody got new players. Everybody gets new players every year. This is nothing new. Nobody is going hard on the Pelicans saying, oh, my gosh, they're going to just constantly lose. No, it's, it's, it's not even coming from that type of and, – and, and to me, people who, people who take things that way, that's how they live their life in this negative fashion that they don't want to be addressed with issues that are plaguing this team. Just because you've got 10, 11 great parts from, a, from 11 different vehicles – and you go, you know what? Let's take these 11 different parts from all 11 different vehicles and put it inside this uh, expedition. It don't mean it's going to work. It's not, matter of fact, 10 out of 10 times, it's not going to work because the way the exhaust in a Ferrari compared to an exhaust in a Corvette are totally different. The way a transmission and the spark plugs are in a... Toyota Tundra is different than what it is in a BMW. Fantastic individual parts can play a great role, but they all don't join in the fashion for there to be productivity. And look at Utah. Look at San Antonio. These are basketball teams that were known for doing what? Moving the basketball, moving the basketball. You use the analogy about energy, finding energy. Think about it. That's the same thing that goes in life. If you work in an organization where the culture is bad, that too is also going to affect you. It's not just a matter of good energy, but bad energy. Toxicity can also find its way in. It's still moving. Energy is energy, but it's still moving. But it doesn't necessarily mean that it's moving productively. Just because you are running fast, just because you are jumping up and down, are you running with a purpose? Are you jumping for a reason? Are you running? I'm gonna tell you, a prime example, Gary Payton II, last night. For those that may not know, the glove, that's his son, played at Oregon State also. At Oregon State, GP2 was a point guard. GP2 is not a big guy, he was a point guard. He's about Do you six, know how three, four, maybe? That's pushing it. He's actually six two. Okay. He got some With bounce, that, though. Oh, got some bounce. That's one thing the glove didn't have. The glove had no bounce whatsoever. None whatsoever. But to say that is this: you wouldn't even know Gary Payton the second was a point guard on the Golden State Warriors basketball team because guess how many times he brought the ball up the court last night? None. Look, I'm saying where he actually got the offense going, okay, three times. No, I'm saying zero. Go like you, zero. Oh, okay, that's what I'm saying. Yeah, zero. None. And I said that because I saw you put up three at first, you know, oh. and you know me being a three-ball shooter. Yeah, oh, three, yeah, I was, three, yeah, okay, I got you. <laughs> okay, I should have done but it like that. Last night, he didn't bring the ball to the court at all, but look at the impact he had. You know who brought the ball to the court? Andre Iguodala, getting everybody in. At the age of 38. 38 years old. We don't need Iggy when Steph is on the bench, when Draymond. Think about this. 
Draymond and Steph were on the bench. Iggy Dollar, GP2, Poole. Damian uh, Lee. Damian Lee. Dude. But the continual energy that was started by Steph movement, by Draymond movement. And you see what happens is when that ball moves and guys know they're going to get touches and they're going to get shots, it makes them happy. They want to defend. It makes them happy. They want to move. They're constantly moving. So I said that to say this in regards to the Pelicans. Willie Green has definitely been given a bad batch. This has nothing to do with injuries because every team is going to deal with injuries and we can run them down the list from the Lakers all the way down to the Pels right now with the worst record in the NBA. But even when the Pels played Minnesota, if you recall, Minnesota looked better than what the Pelicans did. The ball was moving. There was some movement on their end. They didn't get stagnant. We get caught up in this isolation nonsense too much. I'm going to tell you who else I feel bad for on the Pelicans team right now. JV. Oh, you, you want to talk about a wasted pickup right now? You see a dude that's – you want to talk about a frustrated man? And this look. is the most consistent and the most unselfish basketball player on this team. And he is, you know, you don't have a voice on this floor. Here's what you have. Have the, the best analogy I can come up with, and I thought about this the other day. Everybody has stepped into an ant pile. And ants just start running crazy. Ah, it's just everywhere. That's exactly what we look like on the court. Guys just running for the sake of running, not knowing where they're going. This is beyond just making shots. This yeah. is just beyond because B.I. is not there and Zion's not there and all this other nonsense and excuse. Because, you see, that's what losing teams and losing cultures talk about. Excuses, excuses, excuses. And bright sides. And bright sides. Losing teams... And, and look, somebody somebody might take this as a shot at somebody. I ain't, This is not a shot. This is not a shot. But what I'm saying to people is I understand optimism. Look, I understand it. Because yeah, we're all for that. But this this is also this is also real life. Like these, real are, life. these are human beings playing this sport for a job. So we have to contextualize it like that. This is not being played in your television. It's not being played in some random space. It's not a video game. These are human beings, and this is their job every day, just like you got a job that you go to every day. And you got to think about it like this. No matter what your job is, there's a collective responsibility, and you have an individual responsibility at your job. You know what I'm saying? So you come to work, if it's McDonald's, and your job is fries, and you over there dropping your fries, and they crispy, Fries every time. Boom, boom, you hitting them. But burgers over there ain't doing their job. Or drive through ain't got handling it right. Or the register ain't doing what they supposed to do. It don't matter how good your fries your are, fries dog. Because they getting, they not get either they're not gonna get there on time to the person to appreciate them or whatever. You you're gonna be throwing fries, whatever. If everybody is not in tune, if everybody's not doing the same thing, if everybody's not working for the same goal. 
no matter what it is, this is not, I'm not talking about friendship. I'm not talking, I'm talking about work. I'm talking about business. I'm talking about, we trying to get to a same goal as a business, Holmes. You know what I'm saying? Like these dudes, this is my job. I come here every day. Winning is your job. And I say this all the time. People think I'm redundant with this, but I'm gonna keep saying it for the rest of my life because it's the most accurate thing about pro sports ever. When Bill Russell said it, the Celtics paid me to win basketball games, not play them. Not just play them. Not just put the uniform on and pay me to win them. And And say that we had a game. And that's the organization. That comes down, that starts with what Red Auerbach was about. When he came to the table, he said, I'm here. That's why I'm bringing in these dudes because everybody say, you're not supposed to be having all these black players. Well, I got a black starting five because I'm here to win. I don't care. Boston, most racist town in the Northeast. I don't care. I'm here to win. So I'm bringing in Sam Jones, Bill Russell, all these dudes. We're going to win with these brothers. When I leave, I still want to win. I'm giving Bill the job. You know why? Because I'm trying to win. You know what I'm saying? What did he do? I did maneuvers to get who? To get Larry Bird. Because why? Because Larry Bird is a damn winner. Y'all can say what you want about him. He he ain't fast. He can't jump. The man's a winner. That's who I want. That's what you're looking for. When you're talking about the Heat are building that team, you say, I'm getting Jimmy Butler. I'm getting Kyle Lowry. I'm getting these people. I'm getting people who are winners. When you talk about Golden State, the reason that they are great is because you talk about Draymond Green, a guy who should have been a first-round pick but ended up in the second round. Because of his IQ, you know, he should have been a first-round pick because his body, they put him in the second. Mm-hmm. He's a winner. Steph is a self-motivated winner. He was that mm-hmm. when he was at, when he's taking Davidson to the Elite Eight. That's a winner. Having a chip still to this day, having a chip on their shoulders like they have something to prove. Every day. Kevin like Durant wakes up in the morning and says, there are people that don't think I'm the greatest player on this planet. I'm about to go eat their asses up tonight so that they can understand that Kevin Durant has been here. You know what I'm saying? Like, I was here tonight. I dropped 30 on you and I left. Good night. I'm not here yes. to play with you. That's yes. the difference between when we talk about KD versus James Harden is that James Harden can put up 40, but you don't feel that 40 the way you felt Durant because Durant was icy with it. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. When we talk about the dudes, there are only four or five guys in the entire NBA that can change your franchise. And I told this to folks last night on, on the Twitter thing. I said, Giannis is not, if you took Giannis and you said skill-wise, Giannis is not smooth. There's not something effortless to his game. He He's is a still a raw talent if you want to be But that dude grinds Brands. every day and he comes to the game and he says, I am going to leave my imprint on this He's self. I will die he's self-motivated. This. He's self-motivated. He takes the challenge personally as an insult that you think you can stop me. I don't care if I'm not smoother than everybody else. I'm hungrier you than everybody me, oh, else. Yeah, I saw some high school dude, some high school coaches talking about, well, you know, Giannis only has three moves. I don't understand why he hasn't been figured out. Because the great ones don't do 20 moves. You can talk about your bag all you want. It ain't about your bag. I don't want to hear about your bag. Your bag is, is, what, you, is what you use. It's like, it's like a fire extinguisher. It's behind glass. You don't need all the shit in your bag. You don't bring it all out with you every day. You don't take the whole bag with you on the court and say, well, I'm going to use everything every time I come down the floor. No, you keep the shit in the bag for when you get caught and you need a way out. And you're like, okay, well, now I got to dip into the bag to get this. You don't dip in the bag just to be showing people what's in it. It's about efficiency. It's about efficiency. The big fundamentalist, (gasps) the big fundamentalist 
you knew what Timmy was going to do pretty much every time on this particular side of the lane. I don't have to go in and use 20 different moves because this one or two patent move that I got, you can't do nothing with it. Jordan don't, didn't over dribble. LeBron doesn't over dribble. If you're talking about great players, you don't waste your time because you need your energy to play both ends. So if I need my energy to play both ends on offense, I'm not making myself work too hard for these shots. Nope. I'm not trying to do that. I'm getting to my spots. And when we talk about teams that are great, they know where they are successful from. They know, they know where to get to those spots. Kevin Durant, watch where he sets up. Watch when he catches the ball on the wing. He knows, okay, if he's playing me this way, I know where my shot is. I can take two dribbles to get to this mid-range shot and elevate and get it. If he's playing me to the baseline, then I can step back and I'll knock this three down and shoot it right over his face. If I'm at the top of the key, I can cross him over and I can get to my three on either side of this, the top of the key. He knows what his official, you know where Kobe Bryant's spots were on the floor. Great players say I got six or seven or eight spots on the floor that I know where if I'm struggling tonight, I'm getting to my spot on the floor and knocking down my shot. And you and I have heard coaches on the Pelicans talk about this. You and I have heard coaches on other teams talk about this, about players that don't understand that the game is simple and that you're supposed to strip it down. The flourishes and shit, that shit is what geniuses do to keep themselves interested. Mm-hmm. When everybody else is doing them, you're doing them because you think that's what's going to get you to the basket. No, dude. No, Jordan, don't you like when, when they ask great players, when they ask Dr. J, how did you do the thing coming around the basket? Because Kareem was in front of me. He didn't plan it. That's not the, you don't have that. You don't go to the park and work on that one. That is not part of it. No, sir. Prime that's, example. Okay. Let me give you one of your. Wake Forest Demon Deacons, if you will. In that, Chris Paul, signature move. And I would have said this to the coach who says, well, you know, Giannis doesn't have 20 different moves. And so I'd be like, well, coach, you should do a better job if you know he's only got three. Why you can't stop those three moves then? But in regards to Chris Paul, anybody who watches and knows basketball knows that when Chris Paul wants to make a shot, he is going to go to that right mid-range free throw line elbow area. It doesn't matter who is in front of him and shoot that little fall away jump shot every single time. He's going to put you in a pick and roll situation so he can capitalize off of his strength. They did that he like five a- straight times against the Pelicans the other night. Five straight times and Chris pulled up and knocked down the jumper. Five straight times down the floor. But let's not forget this. He did it all last season when the Suns were in their playoff run. Mm -hmm. Bro, great players don't worry about all this other ancillary stuff, all these other moves. They don't worry about what you can or what you can't do because you know what? I know what I can do in this one signature move is going to be better than anything that you try to do because I'm going to dictate and control what I want you to do in order for me to do what it is that I want to do. I'm in charge of you. You don't dictate to me what I'm going to do. This is what the great ones do. It doesn't matter if I have one or two moves. You can't stop them because I have perfected this. Ten games in, the Pels still look like they have no idea 
who is on the court with them on any shape or level. Yep. The other thing that really aggravates me too is you keep hearing this. Well, hey, you got to give the guys a time for them to get in shape. Okay, hold on, hold on, hold on, hold on. Hold on. Uh, hold on. Before I say that right there, because there, earlier this week, Kenny Smith put that one on perfect summary. Because Kenny said, you don't play basketball to get in shape. To get in shape. To get in shape to play basketball. basketball. That's where I was getting ready to go. So, so and, 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 and to take it a step further is, so when you've got all off season and you're with your trainers and you're playing basketball, if not every day, every other day, it ain't the same level, so to speak, if you will. And you're all but, under 25. Okay. You're trying to get in shape at the beginning of the season, but yet you're posting videos all summer long of you in the weight room, you on the court, you making shots, you working with your trainer. Well, I don't ever recall, I don't ever recall when I was playing ball in Oregon, D. Gruff. Um, do you remember at the beginning of the season, well, at the, before practice even starts? Preseason conditioning. Preseason conditioning. But you also, before you even start preseason conditioning, you had to come back to school in shape already because when we open up the first day of practice, the day before the first day of practice, we had to run a mile on the track within a certain time frame based upon your height. If you did not run that mile, Within that time frame, you had to show up the next morning and the so next morning and the next morning so because that time. is an indicator you hadn't been working out in the summer. You, you don't come back to school to get in shape. You don't come back to camp to get ready for the season. You come back to camp and start the season ready to ball. And people, one of the things too, one of the things last that I, that you hear a lot is, well, they got to learn the offense. The NBA is eighty percent pick and roll. The NBA is eighty percent pick and roll. Like you, you have to think about it. This, and you talking about offense? This the Pelicans' offense is not complicated. Just like no NBA team's offense is really that complicated. It's not. Nobody. It's not. No. It's not. Especially it, it, now more than ever, because you just got five guys hanging on the perimeter. And you because yeah, because you can't touch planting. people. Defensive concept. The defensive concepts have to be be much more intricate because you got to figure out how to get cover space. But offensively, it's meant to be easier. That was the whole point in creating this system. Would would make emphasizing the three point shot was to make it easier for offense, right? Easier. And yet the Pelicans can't score. Even under these conditions, they can't do it. The, the offensive efficiency doesn't matter when you continue to make these bad decisions. You're going to make bad decisions no matter what the offense is. Whether you talk and people want to complain about Stan's offense last year. Well, Stan gave you the point Zion you wanted. That's what you wanted. You said you wanted point Zion. Stan said, I'll give you the point Zion. Here you go. 
and everybody mm-hmm. was happy. The year before, the same offense that look, the offense that Willie is running ain't different than what Alvin was running because you got nope. Mike D'Antoni there. And who the hell did Alvin learn it from? But Mike D'Antoni. Where did they all learn it at? They did they were all on the same assistant crew in in Golden State. They were all in the same in, um group basically for Phoenix. These are the same people. Monty's running the same offense hey. that they were running. It's the same. It's hey. the same. They're running the same concepts. They're not different. So people talk about they got to learn this new offense. There's nothing new to learn because these dudes have been doing this for most of their lives because this is the way people are playing. Spread, drive, kick. Spread, drive, kick. Spread, drive, kick. That's what they're doing. It is the standard offense now. There is nothing that's creative about it whatsoever. It's not like you have guys flashing the high post. It's not like you have guys going down and set a back screen for you popping up at the high post or back screening behind me so I can roll to the basket. You don't have guys flashing through the lane anymore. Even though JV takes up space and he does do that, it's like the rest of the guys on the team don't know what to do thereafter. They don't even know. And I said this the other night when I was saying this the other night against Phoenix. If this team doesn't start to utilize JV more and play off of him, this is what you're going to see all season long. Say, bro, JV has a very high basketball. But they've already figured out, too. They've already figured out how to take him away. They've They've already already figured out how to take him away. Because they know. Because what? Jonas Valanciunas last night played 30-something minutes, 32 minutes, I think, and he had 14 shots. That's mm-hmm. it. And we and everybody was like, Jonas went off last night. Jonas went off. He had 20 and 12. And I said, that's where the bar is now for the Pelicans. 20 and 12 is a nice night. It's a nice night. Mm-hmm. Not in a game when you lose by 40. It's not a nice night. It's a, you know, it's, it's just happened. Yeah. It's not the bar is so high now, low now for everybody else because Jonas is doing his job. job. He's not being yep. exceptional. He's not being nope. exceptional. He's doing what he's done his entire career. The numbers are in line with what he has done his entire career. He's not doing anything different. He's not. But people are acting like he's this revelation. No, dude. It's because the rest of the cats around him are that bad. Y'all did this to Derek Favors. Y'all said Favors wasn't nothing because his numbers didn't mean something because when he sat on the bench, everybody behind him was so bad. Jonas Valanciunas, same thing. The people are still, and it's not, uh, Jonas Valanciunas is a very good basketball player. Very, very skilled. Man. Very skilled big man. That dude very. comes out every night and he wants it. You can see the frustration on his face because he's given everything he's got. He's not an athlete. And you got him running up and down the floor because your, your, your kids are turning the ball over every time down and they're not even be turning over under pressure. They're dribbling it off their feet. They're throwing it into the third row. They're just <laughs> passing it in, passing it to the wrong person who's just standing there. They're doing they, like Georgetown in North Carolina with, with uh, your boy threw it to James Worthy. The Pelicans are doing that every night. Every and so night. Jonas Without any, and without you're like, any pressure, these are these are are, are errors that are being made that aren't even being put on by the opposing team. Unforced errors. Or, or they're taking a good shot instead of moving the ball to get a great shot. Matter of fact, Mark Jackson spoke about it last night with Golden State. He was like, hey, if Jordan Poole would have taken that shot, it was a good shot. 
But did you see when GP2 kept running to the lane and Jordan Poole said, well, yeah, I got a good shot, but GP2 has a great shot. And that is the Pelicans. The problem is they will overpass. They will make one too many passes because these dudes do not understand who they are. They don't understand where they are on the court and they don't understand. They don't have the natural at the point of, and this is part of just the process. You either understand in the moment to just your body does. It's called muscle memory. Muscle memory. And, yes, sir. And it's more than just the action. It's the situation. I've been in this situation. It's called a pressure response. Your body does it. When you are in familiar situations with your body, your body reacts, whether negatively or positively, your mm-hmm. body automatically re- adapts and remembers how you reacted in that situation before. So when you are faced with pressure and stress, and y'all gonna think this is psychological and we get, no, this is this is real. And you notice, Dino, when your body, whether it's athletes, people, whomever, when you are faced with stress, your body reacts. And if you are comfortable in dealing with that particular stress, then your body will be relaxed. If you are uncomfortable with dealing with that particular stress, then you will tense up and your decision-making will get slower. And all of the things that you need to do, you start, everything moves around you is moving faster, but your processing is moving slower. And that is, comes from lack of preparedness, lack of, um, uh, lack of repetitions in that situation and just lack of general, just basic understanding of your role. I'm glad you said that lack of, of, of preparedness and situational because that's the thing about it. These are all incremental situational moments that take on a life of itself. It's the heartbeat. Every single situation, you can see that Golden State is always prepared for whatever it is. They have a very high basketball IQ. But you also have guys on this team, and and today we have to discuss it. We've never built a level of consistency where somebody for the Pelicans have been here long enough. Let me go this. 2002 to 2003. That's when this journey began. Right. Next season, 22-23 season, will be 20 years of New Orleans basketball. From Paul Silas to Tim Floyd to Monty to Byron Scott to Alvin to now Stan and now Willie. Do you know in these going to be 20 seasons, we have only had six seasons that were above 500? Six seasons. That also tells you. And the majority of them come in the first 10 years of the franchise. So that, and I was going to tell you, Paul Silas, Byron Scott, um, Monty, Monty, Alvin, but prior to Monty, it was uh, Paul Silas. You think you think about Jeff Bauer, but Bauer didn't get the playoffs. No, 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 I'm talking Tim Floyd. Floyd. Floyd didn't make the playoffs. I think you got two under Paul Silas. Paul Silas went to the playoffs the first two seasons that he was in New Orleans. Right. Then but you Tim got – Byron gave you two playoff appearances. Well, I'm saying as far as being over 500. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. As far as being over 500. Okay. Tim Floyd did have a season where he was over 500. Yes, he did. Yes, he did. Okay. So, with that being said, we don't know what it is to have a level of consistency in any aspect. 
the Pelicans are the equivalent of the Los Angeles Clippers of the 80s and 90s. Remember when the Clippers would have every once in a while they'd win some games, but they and every year they were getting top three picks, you're getting Danny Manning, you're getting these dudes, you're getting Constantly these dudes. Turning over. And then sometimes you get the, the right combination. Like the, the one year they had Ron Harper and Mark Jackson and these dudes, and they made the postseason, and everybody was like, oh, the, the Clippers made the playoffs. And then the next the year they changed him up and it was gone. It was gone. No, it, was it was gone. It's so bleeding. until you got to the point where they were able to find Chris Paul and mm-hmm. bring the, for a winning player and have some consistency, a winning coach. And bring some player. stability, bring some leadership, bring a vocal individual that's also going to hold teammates accountable. D. Grubb, who on this team is going to hold anybody accountable? Nobody holds each other. Saw it last night. Your two stars again. If you want to talk about your stars, they're sitting on the bench, right? They're sitting on the bench. Zion is sitting on the second row, rocking his his bucket and all that. And um, dude, come on, man. And Bi is sitting there, and I'm watching these two dudes. And and in in multiple games, I've seen them laughing on the bench. I don't see yes. them at timeouts. I don't see them up uh, and engaged. engaged in the huddle. Not at all. I don't see them in the huddle. I don't see them talking to it. I don't see them. Look, if I'm Zion Williamson and Jackson Hayes is sitting there and you get a DNPCD in a game that your team lost by 41, if I'm Zion, I'm in the front court and I need this dude. You know what I'm saying? If I'm coming back and I'm saying, I need this cat. We need him. We can't have Jonas out here playing 35 minutes a night. He's going to mm-hmm. break down. Yeah. Yeah, Why am I, in that game, I'm saying, Jax, how the fuck? I'm, I mean, seriously, as a teammate, you and you've been in this situation. You've been in these locker rooms where you look at a dude, and I've been that guy who's been told by his teammates, and I and I was never the star, but you you have a job to do. Yeah. And I've been in those situations where the coach looked at you or your teammates looked at you and said, you're not getting us to where we're supposed to be. You only got you don't hear. And you then, got 10 minutes. Like, we only give you grub. You only in the game for 10 minutes. And, and in grub. 10 minutes, if you don't give us what we're asking for, you're going to sit your ass down. That's somebody got to say that to Jackson, man. You didn't tell the guys on the team, hey, hey, take it easy. You're coming down hard on me. You're putting too much pressure on me. You're holding me accountable. Let me give you an excuse. Dude, nobody wants to hear that. This is a That's job. a losing mentality. If you can find an excuse for every reason somebody jumps on you about something, you're a loser. That's just what you are. Or if why you got you more time to make excuses. And if you notice this, last night in the fourth quarter, and I'm glad you brought that up, in the fourth quarter, because they showed it, and I don't think a lot of people, and mind you, I have NBA, you know, league pass. So that's why I get some behind the scenes stuff. But with that, in the third quarter, when G State was up by 20 plus, they called the timeout. New Orleans called the timeout. Steve Kerr started to walk towards Kaminga. Look at the football, the football. Started to walk towards Kaminga to tell him something. Draymond, in the fourth quarter, the game is out of hand. In the fourth quarter, Draymond starts to go towards Kaminga, and Steve Kerr sits back down. <laughs> it's the fourth quarter. You're up by 20, 30 plus. But Draymond Steve- knows that if you don't play these last 12 minutes the way we played the first 36 to build this 20 plus lead, in March, in May, in June, when we're trying to win a championship, 
I'm not going to count on you because Phil Jackson did the same thing. We talked about this with Phil when Phil would say, why doesn't Phil call timeouts when his second unit is blowing the game? Because he's thinking about when we get to the playoffs, I need Judd Bush to make road. a shot. I need BJ Armstrong to knock down, down the shot. Road. I need Stacey King to make and, something. And I need my team of leaders to hold each other accountable. I am holding, you are on the floor. This is what you do in this situation. We're preparing you, not for the first 10 games of the season, but the last 10 games of the season, for the last 10 minutes of the game, for the last 10 minutes of a championship game. We are setting the tone now and degrub. Unfortunately, we just don't have anybody on this team that is that guy. They're not built. They're, they're not, not they engaged. Life. They don't they're live that not, life. They're not engaged, bro. Just like even when it, just like you mentioned, bro. It bothered me that Zion was sitting there last night with a bucket hat on his head. Dude, you're not a fan. You're supposed to be a leader in setting this team up. You are the franchise. The, you are the, the franchise. There's a certain way you're supposed to carry yourself. There's a certain level of engagement that you need to have with your teammates. And people, please don't get at me talking about, oh man, you being negative. This has nothing to do with negative. And I'm not even that talking about your- the clothes. It ain't even about the clothes. It's about the attitude that, that you were displaying. It's like, Displaying. other you. night. LeBron is, is not playing with that ab- abdominal strain. He ain't playing. Every time out, he's standing right next to um, the coach, right next to, over his shoulder, talking about pointing the plays out to people and t- doing stuff. Right. The Lakers are two and one since LeBron sat down and you can say, OK, well, they got Anthony Davis, but they got Russell. They got a bunch of garbage, too, over there. They got a bunch yes, of garbage in L.A., too. Yes, okay? they do. And they got a lot of teams out here that are that are misformed, that are formed. But you they play above themselves at times. The Pelicans never play above themselves. It's they one either, thing. They're either. Matter of fact, in all honesty, and mind you, the only reason why I brought that up about him wearing the bucket hat on the sideline, bro, you're making enough money that you're not a fan of the game. You need to be engaged in the game and not look like you're a fan just sitting there. It's another watching. learning opportunity. You should be watching, A, you should be watching your own teammates so that you can understand them and be engaged when you are ready to play whenever that day comes. Mm-hmm. And also, you should be watching the other team because I certainly, uh, if I'm going to be playing port forward in this league, if I'm Zion Wilson, I'm going to be handling the ball. I'm watching Draymond Green. I'm watching Draymond Green. How does he guide traffic? I'm watching Andre Iguodala. How does he guide traffic? How does he? Ante- How is Andre Iguodala standing at the free throw line throwing lobs over his head in the middle of the third quarter? How does he know that he can do get away with that mm-hmm. because he's playing the Pelicans? That yep. stuff is stuff that you pay attention to mentally. What is he reading? What is he seeing? How is offensively, how is he creating space for himself? Are you putting in the work? Are you watching the film? Because all Golden State was doing was watching the film of what New Orleans doesn't do or don't want to do. This is not anything that is just, bro, we've been saying this forever. And you saw it today. Basketball is really a simple, simple game. Very man. simple. It ain't complicated. It's not. Com- We've talked about this before. Dino, how did you know 
that when you were running the right wing and D Grubb was running the middle of the floor, how did you know he was going to throw you an alley-oop? And to us, we're like, well, what do you mean, how did we know? Like, we've seen this situation. We're assessing the same situation at the same time. More importantly, we've also practiced this situation. We've also watched videos in this situation. We aren't just putting on the uniform and playing. We are students of the game of how can we get an advantage on the opposing team and take their will away. You saw last night, it got to a point where grown men on Golden State team just took the will away. They were laughing. Hell. They're shimmying. They're shaking. They're laughing at you. They are Jordan, laughing bro, at you. Gary Payton II was even surprised when he dunked. He was like, what? Like, and he did it off one foot. You know what I'm saying? Like, he didn't do that running. That was He just turned and punched. Turned and posted. Turned and posterized somebody. You don't this is Gary Payton II. This, this is team, Gary Payton. There is no level of respect, but you know why there's no level of respect, Dave? Because they've not given you a level to respect them. Respect is something that is earned. It is not given. Dude, do you know how advantageous it is during the course of the season for Steph and Draymond to not have to play the fourth quarter? That keeps their legs fresh for the season. They don't have to work harder, but it also gives Steve Kerr pause to say, guess what? Not only can we go 7-8 deep, shit, we can go 10-11 deep now. If I got we, to. Yeah, if I got to. I don't want to. But if I, I know it's good, again, it's like the bag. It's good to know you got it. I don't need to use it every night. Yep. Yep. And even if I don't use it, you still have guys on that bench who are still engaged with what is going on. And, and there's there is nothing better then when you are the head coach of a team and you see your players coaching each other, those leaders coaching each other, and until the Pelicans can establish, and people keep saying, well, you got to give them time. There's Dude. no time. Dude. There is no time. Dude. That's a losing mentality. That's a losing mentality. Well, just give us a week. Well, just give us two today. weeks. Winning starts today. You do not lose your way into winning. And, and we use the example that we used last season. And, and you can take it again because they've taken to another level this year, the New York Knicks. The New York Knicks do not have a single star. Mm-mm. Not a legitimate one, not a star. You can say, no. you, you can try to tell me that Julius Randle's a star. Julius Randle is Julius Randall's not a star. No. Julius Randle's a good basketball player. They am a good basketball player for what he was. But here's the thing about it. Julius always showed you he had this in his But I'm bag. just saying. I'm just saying. We, we know. Like, it's yeah. not, he, he is, you can't just drop Julius on a team and they're going to be good. That's a star to no. me means you make my team good just because you're here. And Julius doesn't do that. His, his mere presence, you got to put people around Julius. Yes. So what did the Knicks look at their roster and say? And what did Tom Thibodeau do? And, I, and as a Knicks fan, I will tell you again, I firmly believe that this Knicks team has a hard ceiling. You know what I mean? Like, there's a hard ceiling. They don't have – you got – in the NBA, I firmly believe you got to have a first-team All-NBA player on your team to win a championship, mm-hmm. which is true. And you got to have two first-team or second-team all-type defensive players on your team. Mm-hmm. You don't have that. Knicks don't they have don't. that. No. But they can be a very good team this season. But – they put nothing but professional basketball players around Julius and got rid of nearly every knucklehead they had on the roster. 
Every dude that was just hanging around and, and or, or was limited in their understanding, Thibodeau said, get them out. Give me, give me Todd Gibson. I know what Todd will do for me every night. Mitchell Robinson, here's your job. You do this. Derrick Rose, you ain't Derrick Rose from that 2010, but you can be Derrick Rose and give me 15 points tonight. Give me five assists and then, you know, do what I ask you to do. That's R.J. Barry. R.J. Barry. R.J. Barry, who has grown slowly, still not a star, but has mm-hmm. turned into a reliable 20 point, sets his career high against the Pelicans. Yeah. Another dude who comes in against the Pelicans and does and have a career. We've always match. talked about that. We've always talked about guys for seasons now. We've been talking about how it's amazing guys get a career high against the Pelicans. And the Pelicans always like, well, we're surprised they had a good night tonight. But everybody has good nights against nights you. Against you. Against you. <laughs> You know what I'm saying? Like, there's a reason, and I'm not trying. This is this is a joke, and please take it that way. But there's a reason. Like, if if everybody hit it, and you the dude that didn't, it wasn't her. It was you. It wasn't her. It wasn't her. It was you, dog. You know what I'm saying? If everybody else in the crew, like everybody hey, like else, poison, like in poison, me and the crew, you the only one who didn't. It that's, ain't her. That's you. That was you. <laughs> but yet, but yet, that that one you is gonna have every excuse in the world as to why. I, I wasn't really into that chick no way. I wasn't really trying to holler at her no way. She wasn't all that cute. She was tripping. That's what you're doing now. You you struck out. Every other dude got it. You are. She wasn't all that no way. Her feet was messed up. All right, all right. Everybody else. Telling me that's that's sunshine over there, and you talking about you missed out because she wasn't right. She wasn't all right. All right, bro. All right, all right, all right. Okay, that's the Pelicans. Yeah, the Pelicans, the the Pelicans, the only team that that this happens to all the time. Everybody come in and have Rashawn Holmes. They weren't talking about him before they they played the Pelicans. All of a sudden, now they talking about Rashawn Holmes. Could he be the most improved player in the league after he goes for twenty and ten against the Pelicans? JaVale McGee gets 18 points in 15 minutes against the Pelicans coming off the bench. Could have been a New Orleans Pelican. For $3 million, you could have had to be playing for a minimum for Phoenix. Playing for the minimum for Phoenix. But David Griffin, and we got to talk about this, David Griffin spends his whole time swinging to put offenses at people that you know you can't get. That Just like how the Knicks had to stop. The Knicks had to stop that shit. You weren't going to get Kevin Durant. We're getting these dudes. We got to go get some basketball players, bro. You have to be realistic in your approach in order to be successful. Because Paul Why wasn't coming. Kyle Lowry wasn't coming. None of these dudes were cut. They were using you to get paid. So what do you do? You go, uh, it's just like in college recruiting. I know I can't get these five stars, but if I go hard for this four star, I go hard for this three star right out the gate. Mm-hmm. And I say, I love you. I want you. Come I can here. blend them. I can put them together. And we're going to get it with, hey, bro. You don't have to swing for the fences every time. Just get on base. Just get on base and keep everybody moving. You're good. One home run will equate to let's get three guys on base. The next guy hits a single. We got that same one run. That one run is equivalent to is equivalent to one run. Not everybody can hit a home run. Get on base. It's not that difficult. Obi Toppin, another guy. You know he's going to work hard. You know he's going to rebound. You know he's going to defend. You That's know a top five pick who got sent to the bench, and they told him, you better get better at defense if you want to play. 
You want to play. So he came back this year and he's been better. Right. But he still ain't playing. He's not a starter still. He was supposed to be. But he's but, not yet. He has to but, earn it. But they're winning, which means that, hey, I'm going to keep on working. Because I'm going to keep on working. What, what also do great teams do, Gino? Great teams have high floors. High. Yes, it's sir. It's not about the ceiling. It's about the floor. Because in yep. like 82 games, over 82 games, it's hard to play at your ceiling every night. Every night. It's impossible. Impossible. But your floor, the worst you play, has to be pretty damn good in the NBA What's to the be standard? a winning team. Even What's on our standard? bad nights, can we win games with our C game? <laughs> and so you've seen teams do that. Win games with their C game. They, they struggle. They shot 40%. They, you know, 28% for three. What the Bucs did offensively in the finals, the Bucs didn't make 30% of their threes in the finals. The Bucs didn't oh, no. shoot over 50% from the floor. That was a grind of six games. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? And that's what we're talking about. Their floor, the Bucs floor was higher than the Suns' floor. The Suns, when they played, everything was going right for the Suns. Yeah, I thought, look, they might run the Bucs out of this series. We thought that at the beginning. They might, hey. Yeah. But we found yeah. out that the Bucs floor was higher. That when I, everything evened out and flattened out and everybody got to the lows in the game that happens, the Bucs floor was higher. The Pelicans have a very low floor because and they, they are keep so setting, erratic. And they, have and they keep setting a low floor. They act like the low floor is, well, it's okay right now. No, a low floor is never okay. Never. You're acquiescing and selling yourself short already. You're selling yourself short and saying, well, it's okay if we lose as long as we keep getting better. Wait, what? You don't get, if you were getting better, you wouldn't keep losing. Losing. If you're getting better, you don't keep losing. And I said this last night too, and I'm going to say it again. You you went to school with kids who worked real hard and got C's and D's. Mm -hmm. They did everything they were supposed to do. They came to class and did their homework, still got C's and D's. Yeah. You ain't going to get valedictorian, bro. You can't come to me and say, I worked real hard for four years. No, I'm sorry. You got C's and D's. You may graduate. But you ain't valedictorian. So your floor, you it, it, it's not just about how hard you work. It's about how smart you work. It's are you capable of doing? Are you a teammate? Are you all those things? Working hard does not equal success. There's a lot of dead hard working people that ain't got nothing. People who work it hard every day who don't have a damn thing. Hard work does not equal success. If you are working hard in the wrong place, if you're working hard at the wrong thing, if you're working hard in the wrong direction, you're going to end up with the wrong results. You just work real hard at them. If you got the wrong people around you, that's also going to be a hindrance on your level of growth. If you don't recognize that as you grow, your circle will also get smaller because there's a different work acumen that's involved in that. You and I, you and I, if we would, and most than 99.99% of people would never understand the psychopathic level it takes to be a Michael Jordan or Kobe Bryant, that's psychopathy. That's not Bro. normal. That's you don't live. People don't. Derek Jeter. These people. When you talk to a Tom Brady, they're not normal. That's nope. not normal. They, nope. they, it's hard to be their friends. It's hard to be their loved ones. It's hard to get along with people who are obsessed with winning. It is hard hey, to do it. And I think I I'm a competitive person, but that stuff is on a different level. Bro. And you don't have people on the Pelicans that you look at 
and you say those dudes, where's the guy that's built different? Where's the that guy? And dude. the dude to me, there's only one on the roster right now that I say has that, and that's Herbert Jones. But Herbert is never gonna be the superstar. The superstar. He could be your Rodman, he could be a Draymond, but he can't be the guy. So you got one guy on your whole roster who legitimately feels like every night he comes to compete with anybody. And Herb was the only dude on the team that had a positive plus minus for the first six, seven games of the season. When he's a starter, people was looking at, well, he ain't putting up. Dude is doing basketball stuff. He was doing basketball stuff. And that's why he was successful. That's why the team was more successful when he's on the floor. You don't, you, you don't have on this 15 man roster you tell me the dude, and I think Devontae Graham is a dude who likes to compete, but Devontae Graham knows his role is not to be the killer. So I'm not asking him to be the killer, but I need some of them. Where are my killers at? Where are my killers at? Maybe Belichick is one, but he's going to be your third or fourth one. He can't be. You've heard me. You've heard me tell this story before about my first free agent camp being in Chicago. And it just so happens Jordan shows up on the last day of me and three and me and two other cats trying to make the final cut of the free agent team. When we're talking about having a psychopathic type of mindset, a different air about you, literally, bro, this dude was on the court as if we insulted him because we were at the final day of camp. He was insulted that we actually thought we could make the freaking team. He was just like, well, prove it to me. I want to see if y'all are really killers. And if y'all are really, bruh, you have to have a different go about you mindset. And we're not saying that everybody is a Michael Jordan. Everybody is a Kobe Bryant. Far from that. Far from that. But it's a certain mentality that you have to have. It's a dog-like mentality that every time you step on this court, every time, bro, you and I have this same personality when it comes to the podcast. Can't nobody compete with us. We know this. And we're going to bring it every single night if you think you can. That's not a knock on anybody else. That's just a belief in us of what we are bringing to the table. People need to stop taking it as it's an air of arrogance or you're knocking somebody hard. Dude, we're going to hold each other accountable. And if at halftime, I'm not bringing my load and you're not bringing your load, I'm going to call you out the same way you're going to call you call me out. You're like, like, what's the deal? Like, this is what we're doing tonight? Get your shit together. I'm not here to just play tonight. I'm not here to post win. on Instagram. I'm not here to get my outfit seen. I'm not here to be... This, that, and the third, I'm here to win basketball games. Bruh, and if you're not I about that life, better. I sleep better when I win. Do you like do you want to win basketball games? Is that the ultimately is that the question? Are you do you want to win basketball games? Because if mm-hmm. that the answer is yes, then whatever I tell you from going forward. Now, you might ask why, and you have the right as an adult. Anybody should. You should ask why. I can ask why in a respectful manner. It's got to be done. Why? And I'll explain you on the field. Here's why we do what we do. If I'm a coach, I should be able to articulate the why. Mm -hmm. But you as the player need to understand that once I tell you why and the what, there is no acceptable thing other than the why and the what. And here's the interesting thing about it. Ain't what I want. 
And here's the interesting thing about this. For as great, which is not a surprise, as, as, as good as Willie has shown to be in these situations of trying to build these young guys' mindset, of trying to get them to teach them the game of basketball. Matter of fact, in Phoenix, you remember, who wasn't he called out on the sideline when they walk into the bench? And he goes, dude, you're going to be a phenomenal player. He goes, but I'm holding you accountable. I'm holding you accountable. Yeah, Aiden. They did that okay. to DeAndre Aiden in the playoffs last year. He told him. Remember, Willie was up and DeAndre Aiden was like, dude, you're making this hard on yourself. When Aiden got nuts and, you know, when he was playing off his ass, that when he was looking like one of the best big young bigs in the league mm-hmm. during the playoffs, yeah. it's because mm-hmm. Willie was on his ass a lot. It was and, Murphy. It was, it was Trey Murphy. He called Trey Murphy yeah. out on the sideline. Yep. He called Trey from I'm calling like, you up, not out. He said, I'm calling hey, you up, not out. There you go. There you go. Calling you up. I'm not calling you out. I'm not here to embarrass you. But I'm going to hold you accountable because I see what you have in you, and you don't even see it. It's my responsibility to bring that out. If I don't help bring that out of you, I'm not doing my job. You got to meet me halfway. There that's you go. The, thing. the coach can show you the path. The coach can put all the things in front of you. It's just like, again, it's just like school. Coach ain't no different than a teacher. I can come up to the board and I can put the lessons up here. I can offer you after school tutoring. I can be available. I got office hours. I got whatever. You don't come to office hours. You don't go home with your books. You don't get into the studying on your own. You don't read the, you know, you know the cats. If they were, they didn't understand something, they will read the footnotes to make sure that they understood it. If you know where your place is, I don't understand this that well, but I got this. You're not collaborating with your other people and saying, help me out with this. The coach's responsibility ends at a certain point because again, these are adults. You can stop. We got to stop saying these are kids. They're baby. They're baby pals. They're no. Once you take that check from a man, you are showing up you for work. And he don't man. care how old you are. When Michael you're Jackson's twelve years old and he on the stage singing, if it, the show wasn't good, the promoter don't give a damn that you twelve, boy. Give no. me my like. If y'all wasn't good, your twelve year old ass is not getting paid. So end the story. Once you take a man's money, a woman's money, whomever's money. You've been paid to do a job. And the job of the New Orleans Pelicans basketball team is to win games and put asses in the seat so Gale Benson can make money. That's the Just that's like the job. any other team. Just like any other team. It's your – I brought you here to win us games. And the bad part about that is for as engaging as Willie is for the, 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 the job that he's doing to try to keep – everyone together, you also know that mental psyche of losing will start to reverberate in one's mind to the point that you're going to start to block that out. He means well. He wants you to win. He's putting you out there, but in that same vein, if the rest of the cats on the team, winners look like winners. They carry themselves like winners. There's an air of confidence, but yet you still have to have a touch of arrogance in winning. You have to have an air of arrogance when you are pushing it. Look across the street. Look across the street, okay, to the New Orleans Saints. Look across the street. A team that's had injuries. They lost their starting quarterback. They've lost their starting receiver. They've lost this dude. They've lost that dude. 
They've beaten the Packers. They've beaten the, the Buccaneers. The they finished they five and two. They're undefeated on the road. You know, pretty. I mean, no, no, they lost one game on the road. Okay, so you know, but they don't they, make excuses over there now. Don't make any excuses. None. Alvin Kamara talking about I'll play quarterback if that's what it takes. I'll go out there. We gonna win this game. I'll play quarterback. Let it give me the ball. Dudes are saying, what can I do? Mark Ingram comes back from this from Houston where he was in exile, comes back over here and says, oh, well, let me contribute to winning. And what's the first thing he does his first week back? Every play that he made. And then he stands there, too. What does he come back and do? I'm AK's. That's my hype. I'm his hype man. Because yep. that's the badge dude on his team. And I'm standing next to him. And it's not that I'm trying to pump him up so I look good. I'm pumping this dude up so that he knows every damn day, you're the best back in the league, bro. And I got your back. I so, got your back. And so you so don't see those relationships. You don't make excuses. You don't make excuses for across the street. No. But you make excuses for this side of the street. Yep. And when you make excuses, you will continue to get the product of what it is. Demario Davis ain't making no excuses. Demario Davis is like, I'm going to make plays. I don't have time to make excuses. I'm making plays. Marshawn Lattimore got cast on his arm. He out there shutting down number one receivers. You got dudes who got drafted, thrown in the same thing, right? Pulse in a depot, a depot. Hadn't played in two years. The Saints throw him out there, go start a game, dude. And he goes out and he has to play. It's different sports, yes. And one person has way more impact in basketball than in football. But the concept but of team, the, con- the concept exactly. of competitiveness, the concept of we exactly. have less than and we can beat people who have more than because the Yo. Saints roster had less than against the Bucks. You're going to say we're down to our third-string quarterback. We're down to our fourth-string receivers. We got rookie tight end and a backup. And you beat them by double digits. The Saints fans are arrogant. Yes. Okay. The Saints fans are arrogant. They're telling people right now, I don't even know why Atlanta come down here. So you can be arrogant for that side, but you can't be arrogant on this side. Because when you're jumping on them on this side, but you see the thing about it, the floor for the Saints, the fans put up higher. But the excuses for the Pelicans, you want to put down low. It's still competition. It is still a product that you are putting on a floor to win games. That city would lose its mind if the Saints all of a sudden went back to the 70s of the freaking losing that they were. Yeah. Because you know, because here's the thing about it. He was there. Because we here's were the there. thing about it. But here's the thing about it. And you remember, and I know you saw my tweets. Here's the thing about it. People act like the Saints didn't have winning seasons before Drew Brees got there. I didn't say they won all the time. No, they didn't have the dis- first winning season. Yeah, eighty-seven. So okay, okay, exactly. So don't discredit the Dome Patrol like they were just a bunch of losers, dude. You're talking about the four best linebackers in the game. But what, the, the main thing that they did is what? What do people remember when you t- when you talk about the Dome Patrol? When you talk about those Saints teams? They were not as talented as the 49ers. They weren't as talented as the Giants. They weren't as talented as the Redskins. They weren't as talented. But you had four dudes in the middle of all that who said, "This we will battle. And so everybody else, no pro bowlers around them. Only one other dude on the Saints defense made the pro bowl. No, I think two of them. Two other people made the Saints pro bowl while the Dome Patrol was together. 
but that team had the number one or number two defense for four straight years. Four straight years. Four straight years. So when you do that, what you are saying is we are elevating everyone else because we are consistent, we are aggressive, and the dude who doesn't, out of the four, remember when I I talk about the Dome Patrol, I always say the four of them, they all had the same attributes, but they complemented each other in different ways. They yep. all Sam was the brain, but they were all smart. You know what I'm saying? Yes. Vaughn is the intimidator, but they were all hitters. Mm-hmm. Ricky is the leader. They were all, you know, Pat was the speed. They Pat were was all the speed. Yep. They were all yep. fast though. But it's like it's like Voltron. They came together, boom, and they got even stronger. For the Pelicans, it's always it starts, and we've said this for years too. Ain't nothing that the Pelicans need for winning can be found just by grabbing a different player. It's no. inside, and they're not identifying the people who are willing to die for the game, who are going to win. That's the only way you get champions, bro. If, if you look at Utah, like you said, a team, and people talk about small market, but it's not about market. It's about who it's you have in the building. <laughs> the, 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 the Portland Trailblazers won the other night, and Dame Lillard had four points. The Portland Trailblazers won a game, and Dame Lillard had four points. Okay, so if they look, if the Portland Trailblazers can win a game, and that roster is not a great roster either, not at all. And you won an NBA game with Dame Lillard scoring four points, then there's no excuse for the Pelicans to be losing by double digits to bad teams. Dang. It makes no sense. The Charlotte Hornets have become a must-watch TV more so than the freaking Pelicans have. And do they have energy every time you watch? There you go. They got arrogance. They got energy. They got activity. And when they lose. They're going to lose, but they're tr- they're going all out when they lose, too. Did they you go see, all out. Did you see the video clip of Lonzo Ball talking to the Bulls teams uh, right before the Pels play? And he told them what the Pelicans don't want to do and what they're not going to do, yeah, which like, I thought was... He was dead right, though. And people were like, well, look, no, the Pelicans but I do. Say that, no, but I say that to say... What makes people think that other teams don't have the same conversations about these guys? And somebody and Lonzo, and Lonzo Ball was a part of that situation where he was saying, listen, they ain't going to pass the ball. They don't want to pass the ball. Bruh, that right there should resonate in your mind and say, okay, hold up, hold up. We got to change this up. We have got to do something different. We have got to be better. Because you got Lonzo. Be- Look, you said Lonzo was the problem. Lonzo gone. You're still losing. You said Alvin was the problem. You, he's gone. You're still losing. You said Stan was the problem. Stan gone. You're still losing. You said this guy was the problem. He's gone. You said Solo was the problem. He's gone. And whoever the problem was, all those people are gone. All the people you said were problems before are gone. So you could, but what's the what's the common denominator? David Griffin has picked the rosters and the two stars that you build around are either not available enough or not dedicated enough. And so let's, we can, I don't want to be specific about every player, but we need to get specific about the, about the big man, about Zion Williamson. All right. We need to get specific about Zion. We got to. So dude, Dave, it is inexcusable when somebody tells me, well, you know, it's not really his fault that he's got the weight on time out. Whose responsibility and fault is it then? It's nobody but your own. Dave, if you want to become a better jump shooter, what do you do? You spend time working on your game jump shots. You don't just go through the motion. You work on, and then aside from that, not only do you work on your jump shot, you also get yourself 
to one or two spots specifically and make those your monikers that you know I'm going to scope from here. I'm going to scope from here. I say that to say this. It's inexcusable that I don't care what anybody can say because I had a screw and I still have a screw in my fifth metatorsal on my right foot. Still there. The one thing you cannot do is add more weight. That's first and foremost. Secondly, you have to change your eating habits. Thirdly, even with a cast on my foot, I was still riding the bike every single day to sweat, to keep my legs moving so that way there was no rest. Lastly, and this and is- you, I mean, I mean, Plus people forget too, they're, they're, and when I had my knee surgery and I know you've, that's, Look, these are things that are commonly available now that were not available a long time ago. But the the um, the weightless uh, treadmill, which treadmill. takes all the pressure off your leg, but you can still get your cardio in to keep your had to do that when I had my Achilles surgery. I'm on the weightless treadmill, bro. Or they put you in the pool, or they put you in the, or you go sit in the sauna, or you go do sauna, whatever. You can if you're able to walk around and go to football games and be a fan and stuff during the summer, if you are able to go around and go to stuff and be make appearances, you're able to do those things. You can go sit your ass in that heat and go lose that and sweat that weight off every day. You can sit there and buy a fruit plate and, and sit there and do those things. You can have a nutritionist. You got the money, dude. You a nutritionist you got is the there money to do it. And Charles Barkley and people who try to rip on Charles say, "Well, Charles was fat at times." Charles never, after his rookie year, and Charles said it, Moses Malone told him. Moses fat Malone told lazy. him. You fat, yep. and Charles will tell you, you go read any of Charles' um, memoirs. He talks about it at the Olympics. He said he got fat on purpose. He said he got up to over 310 pounds because the Sixers, he didn't want to play for the Sixers, and he thought if he got super fat that they wouldn't draft him. But, that, but that's the mistake a young man makes. Once a grown man told his ass, hey, look, boy, you, know, you fat and you lazy. And he's like he said, I ain't gonna punch Moses Malone. What am I doing? I get knocked the fuck out by Moses Malone. That's what would have happened. Pelicans don't have anybody on their roster when to owner- do that. And you've got a GM who's too busy babying everything. I'm talking about I'm gonna well, make an agreement with your family to keep the injury undisclosed. No, no, I don't work for Zion's parents. And appeasing Zion's parents is not gonna keep Zion in, in, in New Orleans. They tried that with AD. And I'm telling you, they did this whole thing with AD. They tried to do everything that AD's daddy wanted. And it you was never know. going to be enough. And how many times, I'm going to go ahead and say it, how many times after a game, even after appeasing AD's dad, AD's dad was ready to fight Monty and Dell on a nightly basis. And y'all, that's what people keep talking about. Well, if we had kept Monty, again, the whole process of Monty leaving was came out of the appeasement of Anthony of Davis AD. and his family. Of AD and so his you, family. So you go down these paths, you can't do it. Look, Pat Riley wouldn't do it with LeBron. He wouldn't do it with, he wouldn't do it with Dwayne Wade. Didn't do it the way we didn't do it with Shaq. Ain't doing it with nobody. The, the Lakers didn't do it with Shaq. The Lakers didn't. The, the Warriors don't do it with their own people. They they were they were more than ready to either say if Ke- once Kevin Durant said he was gone, bye Kevin. We are moving on. We wish you yep. well. Go be you, bro. But we yep. got to think about us now. The Pelicans yes, spend all their time trying to cater to individuals, man, and trying to make this dude the best way you make anybody feel wanted is by having a situation where they can win. 
If I feel like I can win here, I'm going to be all right. The Saints culture, like you said, it's not a byproduct of people being happy. They, it's a byproduct of people winning games and saying we're not going back to when we weren't winning games. We're not. I refuse So when you to walk in the door, if you walk in the door, you come in, and if your mindset is not – I'm here to help win games. Then you have to leave, man. You're not part of this. And so when the Pelicans, when a guy comes in that locker room and you have look up and down that roster, you say, have any of you ever won anything in your life of substance? And there's not a single player on that roster who can claim anything other than an AAU championship or a high school title, not a college national championship to speak of, not an NBA title to speak of. You ain't been a rotation player in a team that got deep in the playoffs. You don't have a single guy on your roster. So how are losers going to teach each other how to become winners? Remember, we used to say that about, um, oh my gosh, why well, I can't call his name right now. From, uh, he was AD's boy as well from Sacramento. Um, oh, Boogie. No, 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 not, not Boogie. Um, oh, hell. We talking about Rondo? We talking about No, 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 not, not Rondo. From Sacramento? Who are you talking about? For the Pels, came there, uh, with the, uh, was a dribbleholic. Oh my gosh! It, why can't I call his name right now, bro? Frazier? Um, huh? You talking about uh, was from Sacramento? I don't know who you talking uh, about. Oh, now I'm gonna have right. to edit all this shit because you got me all freaked out. I don't know who. No, you're no, about. no, no, no. Um, what's that boy name, man? He wanted to become an AD's best friend, and we was like, he gotta get Tim Frazier. No, not Tim Frazier. The fucking shimmy maker. The the, the shimmy maker. Remember, I used to call him Mr. Shimmy. Oh, um, what's your boy? You used to always hear. Oh. Well, make your point. Like, we'll, we'll figure it out. We'll figure it out. If we got to figure it out. The point of what I'm saying is the simple fact of you have a losing mindset. You come from a losing background. Losers only circle themselves with other guys who are losers, bro. And what wound up happening, and, 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 you know, and, and what's happening there is, and I don't want to call these cats. We're not calling losers. people losers. That's not we're what we're not saying. Them we're talking we're about experience. We're talking about experience. Exactly. Like, why do coaches get hired from teams that have won? Why do free agents come? Why do you steal free agents from teams that have won? That's what we're talking about. Is you have nobody who, if nobody in the room has done this before, if I don't, if I've never experienced this, how can I tell you about how you won't experience it? If the only person who's experienced it is the coach. The only one who knows what winning looks like is the coach. And I don't have anybody in the locker room who can say, yeah, I know what winning looks like. I know, exactly. I, know how to, I know what winning requires. I know the cost of winning. I know because what it means. Because there are certain day. things that go along with winning in the process that you just, that's just a part of what you do. It's just, it's in the way you present it. It's the way you carry yourself. It's everything that goes on that for some reason, so many of these cats aren't getting. Tyreek Evans. Ty- oh, Tyreek Evans. Okay. Tyreek Evans. That's who it was. Okay. With, with that being said, you also, you've never settled in with guys on the Pelicans team, bro, that were actually vocal in guiding the ship. The way, the reason why the Pels were successful when Rajon Rondo was there 
was because of the simple fact that Rajon Rondo knew how to get the best in shape and guide guys. He also held guys accountable. How many times when the Pelicans made their playoff run did you hear Drew Holiday and A.D. say over and over, dude, we listen to Doe. Whatever Doe says to do, that's what we do. He's calling us in the middle of the night. Sending At 2 me film o'clock in the morning because he's watching video. And sending me this. He's got his son sitting next to him watching film. The film has never stopped. And, and that's the thing. For people who survive in this league, the guys like the Iguodalas, the guys like the Rondos, the people who came into this league and are still playing at 17, 18, 19 years later, the reason Ray Allen was able to, not just the physical stuff, y'all think it's just exactly. it's about take care of your body. It's about, I still know more than these guys. You I don't still have to, know more than these guys. My mind is faster Absolutely. than your body. My mind Absolutely. is still faster than your body, so I can still compensate because I know that my slight head fake I know that my little bit of shoulder will get you to move over this way because you're, you, you overreact to everything. I've watched you. I know how you defend. I don't have to, uh, you know, I don't have to use all my athleticism to do these things. You're expiring all your energy because you think that's how you win in this league. I've been yes. here. I've seen it. I don't have to do that anymore. There's a reason I don't run hard, but I play hard for 48 minutes. You want me to run hard for 40 minutes. So you can run like a fool. I'm not doing that. I run when it's time to run. I jog when it's time to jog. I stand when it's time to stand. But I know when each of those times is, and I know where I'm supposed to be. I've used this analogy before. You can't get upset if you're driving your car through a school zone where it specifically says 20 miles per hour and the lights are flashing, and you get upset because you get stopped for getting a ticket. You have to know when to go 20 miles an hour. You have to know when you're on the freeway to go 65 and that 65 turns to 75. You have to know how to gauge yourself. Nobody is crapping on the Pelicans, but we're telling you there are ways and certain things that go along with how to become winners and how to win. And I think, and, 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 and I truly believe this, especially with willing especially with Willie having played the game, having been around the guys and the coaches that he has, Willie is going to be a really good coach because he also knows how to motivate. Yes. He also knows situations. Yes. He knows how to lead. He knows how to get guys psychologically engaged in the game. But you as a player, you have a responsibility and a duty to him to also increase your IQ to also make the guys around you better. I was talking to a good friend of mine who's a teacher, who's a teacher in New Orleans. And I said, I know the frustration that they deal with in the sense of you have some parents and you're like, listen, here's what we're going to do. In order to make your son, your daughter, a better student, this is what I'm going to need for you to do. Like, I'm going to do this. I'm going to do we talk that. About that. Remember we said we talked about coach and player. I can put all of that out, explain it to you just like in class. But if you don't come and meet me that halfway, it's not going to work. It's not going to work. And you, this is a growth. It's, it's, you're asking Willie Green to make a cake with ground beef. You didn't get him no eggs. You didn't get him no flour. You didn't get him no sugar. You gave this dude ground beef and onions, and you said make a cake. You know what I'm saying? That's what I'm talking about is that you have assembled something. The Pelicans have assembled a team. It, it's not about the people per se. 
the and don't get me wrong. themselves. We're not trying to rip an individual, but when no. you have collected the wrong things, you don't have the, like you talked, the original thing you said about a car, you just have 11 pieces and you put them together, it's not going to make a good car. And the Pelicans don't have right. the pieces. And that's you just, that ultimate responsibility falls on the man who's responsible for putting the roster boom. together. Ground beef. We know ground beef is good, man. Delicious. Turkey ground beef. Just take it up. We know that turkey ground beef is healthier and better for you. We also know eggs, protein, it's good for you. We know onions, what the purpose they serve. We know what garlic serves. We know what these ingredients that are good serves. But none of those ingredients can make a cake if that's the goal. They're all good pieces in their own right. But if this is what the goal is to make a cake, the only thing that's good to help make a cake is the eggs. That's it. So that's, that's it's it, really even, that simple. You do not have a roster. And it's not just about positions. People can talk about what they have enough for. It's not the it's the people. And, and these are things that you, people will take it as you're making value judgments of human beings. What I'm talking about is I'm looking at a basketball team basketball and team. what I see is a disconnect. And it's not just about learning. It, no, I've, we've seen, this is why people, this is why you listen, right? This is why the people listen to this pod is because we're telling you, you have to see more. There's things that you don't, you read between the lines. You watch things that you are looking for. You're looking for body language. You're looking for interaction. You're looking for these things that are not on a stat sheet. And a game, a basketball game is not, you cannot break it down to any number. And people talk about, like last night, people were like, well, look, they put this big stat, the Pelicans in the fourth quarter. There, It's not one quarter. It's not one thing. A or basketball a game quarter. is a series of possessions. All each leading to the next it is all these events lead to the end result yep. the fourth quarter is not a an individual product the fourth quarter is a byproduct of what byproduct you do all of the time it. you end We've up with that ever. fourth quarter because of what you did in the in the previous three because your rotation Bro. is now messed up because of foul trouble because your shot selection was bad during the first three now you put yourself in a position to take worse shots in the fourth defensively you have to take more risks because you're at a deficit you created these situations in the previous every minute of the 48 minutes counts and every game yes. of the 82 counts coaches say one of 82 competitors say one of one, one. i have one game today and one i play this game today one. tomorrow Dang. i'm not thinking about that game there is no tomorrow there's this game right now has, has any game ever been won at halftime none it doesn't matter if you're up by four or 24 at the half the game ain't over you play the first half to get to the second half that's just the way it is. You have to build a level of consistency. It's funny talking about pieces that just don't gel. Let's look at Boston and Jason Tatum and Jalen Brown. Don't fit. They are too much alike. Yes, Jason Tatum is the better of the two to a degree. Talent-wise. Talent-wise. But team-wise and making other players better, Jalen Brown is the better one to make them a better organization and a better team. Yes. Can Jason Tatum pass the ball? Absolutely. Does he and will he? No, he won't. 
So he has bought into having this Mamba mentality like because he's worked with Kobe and he doesn't understand the fact that, dude, Kobe still was making others around him better. It wasn't just about Kobe dominating for the sake of Kobe. He did that early on in his career. But he also recognized, okay, this is not going to work. This is not going to work. I have to be able to throw Powell certain passes. I have to be able to get my other guys involved as well. As talented as Jason and Jalen are, they are one in the same and they just don't work together. Same situation here with the Pelicans. That's no question. We know Nikhil, although he has been in a slump, he started off hot. He looked good. You have to build and keep and maintain a level of consistency. He's not shown that. We know these guys have shown flashes, a quick flash. Remember the old cameras where yeah, it was like actually flash and you saw that light? We've seen flashes of guys on this team that look like they can become something, but they aren't. They don't do it regularly. They don't do it consistently. And their basketball acumen and IQ still has not elevated. And it's, the mistakes that Nikhil are making are mistakes that you shouldn't be making anymore, bro. Not in year three. And Jackson Hayes, his impact. He is still the goofy kid running around that has He's not going backwards. Goofy. Jack was going backwards. And I mean, when you get benched, when you get benched, 10 games into the season, and it's only because, and people are like, well, Jackson, this, that, that. Dude, if you're Jackson Hayes and you're 7'1", and you're athletic as he is, even if you have don't have an understanding of basketball, there are three things a big man his uh, of his ability, even with limited understanding of the game, can do. You run straight to the rim. Every time it goes from defense to offense, you run straight to the front of the rim. Rim runs. Rim runs. Right there. You are the fastest dude on the court at your side. You should be able to outrun 90% of the centers in this league from end to end. So as soon as it turns end to end, you run straight to the front of the basket. If that isn't there, the second thing you do is you immediately go set a screen for somebody. Immediately. You go set that screen and you let and that it doesn't have to be and it doesn't have to be an on-the-ball screen. Nope. It could be a screen for somebody you are creating else spacing. to get them open. You are creating spacing by movement. You can't stay in your spot. So now that I'm going away, what am I going to do? I ran to the rim. It wasn't there. I come out, set a screen for a wing guy so he can cut back to the basket. Secondary break is what we call it. Secondary break. You come back out from the post. You block. You go, uh, set a screen for a perimeter player. They cut back towards the basket. You look to see if there's a second cut. When that person comes out, now you go back into your offense. And now once you're in offense, you may have to be called upon Jackson to set an on-ball screen. But you got to hold that fucking thing. You got to set it. it. And you got to be there. And you can't immediately think every time is not a roll to the rim. If you have, sometimes it's a pick and pop. Sometimes it's a screen and go away. You have to be able to read the screen. And Jackson dives for the rim every time the screen is there because he's only willing to do one thing. He only wants the play. He wants the outcome. He wants the dunk. That's not the thing. The thing is get the points for the team. You have to do the things that whether the ball is going to come to you eventually or not, you got to do the things that's going to create the shot. And it might be yours. 
It might be somebody else's, but that's mm-hmm. why all five people are supposed to be working in concert with each other. And what the Pelicans also have done is you have built a team that can only perform if all conditions are perfect. Or perfect. You can only fly on a clear day. If the if, the, if there's any rain, if there's any wind, you're playing you're or ground in the flight. Or if there's a possibility of rain, right. here comes that negativity. The flight here will not take that- off. You, you cancel it. They can okay. only fly in perfect weather, and you can't have something like that in sports because it's never perfect. There will always be injuries. There will always be something it's bad fleeting. is always going to happen to your team. It's, it's temporary, and how do you deal with these situations when they arise? Let me give you an example. Do you think Toronto, who was terrible last season, even with Kyle Lowry, you think they went into this season saying – Okay, we don't have Pascal Siakam because he's injured, and we're letting uh, Kyle Lowry go. You think they went into the season saying, "Well, let's just hope we are okay this season." Toronto six and four, Cleveland drafted Evan Mobley. Do you think they went into the season saying, "Well, let's give Evan Mobley some time"? Evan Mobley has made an impact right away. The Washington Wizards let Russell Westbrook go. Do you think they went into the season saying, "And Bradley well, Beal is not even having a good year"? A good year yet. Okay, but you got Montrez Harrell who went there with an air of attitude, if you will. Okay, you got Chicago who got brand new players on their team as well. DeMar DeRozan, Lonzo Ball. Do you think they went into the season saying, well, let's just give it some time? No, they went in with the mindset of, dude, we're doing this right now. Do you think the Memphis Grizzlies, if you recall, Memphis and New Orleans supposedly were equal on the same playing field. But yet the outcome has been extremely different than what the Pelicans' direction is. Dude, nobody goes into anything. A winning mindset doesn't understand and how to put it together to say, well, hey, let's just give it some time. A winning mindset is let's come out the gate right now. Let's do what we need to do to win games right now because tomorrow is not promised. We don't know what's going to happen tomorrow. We got to win this game today. And it's funny you mentioned that. You know, when I was at Oregon, we used to always say this when Chip Kelly was there. Win the day. Win the day. Win the day. Right now at Oregon, our football team has this thing. Even though we're 7-1, and one, you know what we said every game? We're 1-0. and oh. We're 1-0. and oh. The only game that matters is this game. Nothing else matters. Nothing else matters. And... What if, for some reason, now all of a sudden, Zion's time frame is set back not just three or four weeks? What if it's all of a sudden six weeks? Oh, but he's not going to be—he's not going to be ready before mid-December. Well, no. Anyway, know so we know, well, I, I know that. But, but what I'm saying is that you're setting yourself up for this continual, continual spiraling down and continual well, we excuse. We don't well, have Zion. We don't have Zion. We don't have Zion. We had. We had. Excuse me. We had hope that he would be back. But now since he's not back, oh my goodness, here we go. Let's make an excuse again now. Well, you know we don't have Brendan. Dude, nobody, once the season starts, is healthy. Everybody has bumps and bruises. Despite the off-season training that you do, despite you spending time with your physical therapist, everybody has injuries. This is all a mindset. It is an attitude adjustment that is needed from top to bottom. Because this that's is like what the one you day, find out. We talk that's about- like the one day when I posted about 
the night that nobody was in there because I'm watching it. People are like, oh, give them a break. We had bad weather down here. I know, another excuse. But here's the thing about that, which y'all failed to realize. How many seasons have we been in that arena? And there's an excuse for everything why the arena is not packed. I get that one particular night, the weather was bad. You know, we talked about this before. The weather that hits New Orleans is in Dallas two days before it gets to New Orleans. When it gets cold here, when I talk to my aunt, I'm like, yo, it'll be cold there in two days. Sure enough. So that's the way the weather works. I get that. But what about the next two games that were at home and the weather was beautiful outside and you still have nobody in there? That's because there is a disconnect from the franchise and the organization with the city oh, as well. They don't well. understand. You see it, the commercials that they run. You if And you are selling what you are selling to your your or the, the the public and again i was in advertising for more than a decade i've not, you know i'm public relations too you know this is this is not something that we don't know about this is something i've lived i've sold stuff for major companies i've written con, you know commercials that have been yes. on your television i have done this people so yes like let's not don't don't think i don't come to this with some institutional knowledge here Right. Don't think that we're just some Yahoo's just making up some stuff. No, we're telling you because we've got experience and we have done this. I have run social media campaigns that have won awards. I've run campaigns that successfully got people stuff. So I know what advertising is. I've learned it and I've had failures in those things, too. And the biggest failure you can have is not understanding your audience. And when you see how the Saints are, are uh, advertised to their fans and how the Pelicans are advertised to their fans, same company again, same company. Same company two very different approaches because the Pelicans do not feel like they belong to the city of New Orleans. The Pelicans do not feel like a team that understands the people of New Orleans. The Pelicans do not act like a team that respects its, its fan base because if it respected its fan base, it wouldn't have a VP who comes out and lies to its fan base right out in front. It wouldn't have an owner that stays in the back all the time when things are bad and never says a word, but only steps out when it's time to catch a bouquet. You have to be up there and be about winning too. If if you Gail Benson can talk about, I want to keep the team here, but you need to be talking about some winning. You need to be talking about this is unacceptable. You could you need to be talking. You need to be standing out there because I know Mark Cuban would not be allowing this to go like this. I know Mickey Arizon would have had that conversation with Pat Riley over the years, if you dropping down and you ain't making the playoffs three and four years in a row, we need to have a conversation. My, you would, in no other organization, given what the Pelicans have had to work with, the, the opportunities, the assets that they've had to work with, the what they've produced over the last two plus seasons is unacceptable. It's not Un- just a failure, it's unacceptable. And the and, fans need to, need to stop the- accepting it and the organization has to stop selling that bullshit. And the process in which you go about doing business, we've seen it when it comes to women's clothes. One size does not fit all. What you are doing for the Saints is not the exact same blueprint that you can use for the Pelicans. You have to be boots on the ground. You have to be engaging. You have to say, you know what? I would rather be engaged and involved with grassroots projects and efforts with these schools in the city to have kids in my arena on a Friday, on a Saturday, on a Sunday, as opposed to having empty seats. And that's something that people don't realize, Dave, and you know, we talked about this before, being an advertiser. Just because something is a sellout doesn't mean nor equate to actual people seats there. 
people sitting there behind in the seat. That's two totally different things. That's there's a business component to this in money and actual people sitting in the seats. Because people in the seat means concessions. It means parking dollars. It means uh, you know buying jerseys, buying hats, buying food. There you go. All those things. That's why you want butts in the seats. And also, it's about atmosphere. And you want atmosphere. It's, it's it's a show. Like that's the thing you have to remember. It's a show. This is entertainment. And it's and when it's bad entertainment. What you better do is at the very least make it appealing for me to come and understand why I should be watching this stuff. But I don't have a reason to watch the Pelicans like you don't have a reason because you're not watching for them to win. You're not watching for them to win right now. And you're not watching for them. to. You're not expecting even if Zion and, and Brandon come back in December, and they're both healthy. Are you expecting them to make a if, if the if the goal then becomes can we be the 10th best team in the West? That's your goal. Like that's your goal, man. These, this is, this is, new, this is some New Orleans shit. Because we talk about this too about the city of New Orleans, the mentality of New Orleans being New Orleans against the world, but at the same time being willing to accept less for itself, mm-hmm. and, and you know, degrade itself that that lack of self worth. Um, yeah. They might leave us. This team might leave us if 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 they don't if we don't do this or we deserve this or we look. You have to be the same way you want that team to be. If you want that team to be dogs as fans, then you got to hold them to the fire and you got to say, this is what we want out of you. If you got to boo your own team sometimes, then you got to boo your own team sometimes. If, but because you got to show that up. Gets the owner's ear and make them step up. It's called what we have continuously said accountability. I, nobody Account- had a problem booing Aaron Brooks. Nobody had a problem booing Jim Haslett. Nobody had a problem booing Mike Ditka. Nobody had a problem booing it. But across the street, look, you need to be sometimes. They wouldn't want to boo to hurt Andy's. Boo, man. Winning is, look, you only change the culture of winning by accepting nothing other than winning. That's what Nate McMillan did in Atlanta. He went over there and said, we, oh, hey, we ain't, I don't care that we, we 19 games, but or whatever we are, 11 games under 500. We go, we make it. And look, it's, it takes luck for them to get to the conference finals. It takes some luck. Absolutely. That's Absolutely. sports. That's sports. But you put yourself in the mix because those dudes committed to, and he was losing dudes left and right. DeAndre Hunter falling off. Cam Reddish got hurt last season. They made their run without key components because everybody else did what they were supposed to do. But you got productivity from John Collins who stepped up. You got productivity from, from Capella, Capella who stepped up. From Lou Williams. Exactly. From whomever you needed it to be. Veterans whom when you built your roster around who have what? You put veterans around there who have high floors. Not Thomas Sadoransky who has a very low floor. Very not low Gary floor. Temple oh. who has a very low floor. Not, not All your veterans that you have in your main rotation who have played more than more than the only one who's played more than four years that's worth having in a rotation is Valanciunas. Every it. other one of your veterans that you have on a roster who's been in this league more than four years is hot garbage, hot garbage. And so and your young players nice. are supposed to learn from that. Garrett Temple should not be here. And the reason that Josh Hart is this cultural icon in New Orleans is, is because he, yeah, he tries. Sure. Josh Hart tries, but Josh Hart on a good team on a championship team would be the ninth or the 10th guy. He would not uh-huh. be your sixth or seventh player. He would be a guy who gets some minutes sometimes because I could put him out there. But Josh Hart is a very, again, a guy with a low ceiling. Josh Hart is a guy with a middle floor and a low ceiling. He will give you what he gives you every night. And that's fine. And but that not, middle, 
And that middle floor is, is going to be as best as he can give you. That's it. His, his presence or his absence has not been the difference between winning and losing. So it has not. that makes you replaceable. And when people tell me, they say, well, who, who would you trade? I'm telling you, if you're, if you're the Pelicans in this situation, everybody on the roster is available. I will everybody. take a phone call from anybody about anybody and we can have everybody. a discussion. Now, I need to know what the value of those people are, but there's right. not a single phone call for a player that I won't take right now if there's an opportunity for my team to get better because you can't get no worse. You can't get any worse. To, and that's what I was conveying to somebody. Uh, when people are like, well, why not just have this player come here? Okay, first of all, any business person is going to sit down and go, okay, if I'm going to get rid of something that I have, what I get back in return, it's called an ROI, people. What I get back on my return has to be a better investment of what I'm letting go. Stop being so self-absorbed and say, well, you know, we should get this and we should get that. But based upon what? Just because you say it so? No, 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 it doesn't work that way. Okay, stop making it out to be as if this organization has been this is a winning organization. They're not. It goes much deeper than just what you see on the floor. You failed the trade with Lonzo in that you did not get real rotational players back for a starter. For a starter, you gave a team that you had the right to refuse. You could have said we can match that offer. So you have all the power. People say the Pelicans didn't have any leverage with Lonzo. You have all the leverage. All the leverage. Because what I can do is the same thing that Philly did with Ben Simmons. You want to leave? I don't have to let you leave. I own you. I, this is Your contract is mine. So you can go sit home, but we ain't going to pay you. And, and, by the way, and by the way, for those who don't know, since they don't have Ben Simmons, yeah, Philly is still 7-2 and two at first in the Eastern Conference. So what did they do? They put their foot down, right? They said, you don't want to be here? Fine, but you're our asset, and we will decide when it is that, that you move on. And in addition to that, we're going to start fighting your ass again because, yes. you see, now we're 7-2. and two. So the ball is really in our court now more than ever. And you can say, and you, can say um, you know, if anybody really believes that the, the Sixers are going to hold on to Ben Simmons for the, till the end of his contract, like they have said at times, no, what they are yeah, saying is right. we will not be pushed into, into giving Ben what he wants. We are, we he are not going us. to act. We are not going to he gotta work with us. And when Somebody's you don't show up, hold our head to the fire. No. Right. So when no. you look at the Pelicans and you say, well, they, they didn't have any much, much leverage with Lonzo. No, you have all the leverage because I can match it. And if I keep him, then I can decide where I want to trade him, whether he wants to go yep. there or not, because I yep. have the contract. So if I match any Lonzo wants to go to Chicago, he don't have to go to Chicago because I don't want him to go there. I want him to go <laughs> over here. And if I'm and if he wants to go to Chicago that bad, and I'm telling Chicago, you're going to give me Thaddeus Young. You, you have to give me because you they gave you they gave the Spurs Thad Young for DeMar Rosen, and then they had to give the Spurs a pick to take Thad Young so that they would give them DeMar DeRozan. And you couldn't get nothing back for Lonzo Ball. That makes no sense. You didn't go out and get veterans who were going to lift your floor, and you knew you had a young core. So, what do you put around young people? People who are dependable. You don't let a bunch of kids run nothing. You put people around them that you can count on, that I know what you have done in the past, and I know what I can expect from you in the future. What I know from Garrett Temple is that he's never been a major rotational player on a winning team. So why do I think he's going to have that impact now? And you got David Griffin talking about, well, I've been wanting Garrett at every stop that I've been in. There's a reason you could have had him, dude. There's no, there was no demand for him. 
But when the other free agents who were out there on the market, when there were bigs out there on the market that you could have gotten to supplement instead of waiting and holding out and ending up with Billy Hernan Gomez coming back and ending up with Jackson betting that he was going to develop in year three, you could have had, like I said, a JaVale McGee. You could have had a Hassan Whiteside if you wanted at a low price. I would take a million dollars of $2 million of Hassan Whiteside at the league minimum than I would over what Jackson is giving me. Yeah. But at least I know Hassan's been through the immature stuff. He's gotten that out the way. At the very least, I know what I can do with him on a nightly basis. And I know what he can't do on a nightly basis. that's exactly what Utah is doing. So when you look at what these teams are doing, when the Jazz added Mike Conley, they weren't adding 2005 Mike Conley that took the Grizzlies to the Western Conference Finals. They added a dependable veteran to go along with their superstar, on the wing in Donovan Mitchell and their superstar defensive player of the year in the post, Rudy Gobert, who's the most important player on their defense. And they've added competent veteran role players around these dudes. No superstars. There ain't no superstars on that around the Jazz. You look at the Nuggets. You got one guy in Nikola Jokic. Aaron Gordon is just a guy. He's a talented guy, but he's just a guy. Jamal Murray ain't there. And even when Jamal Murray was at his best in the regular season, he was still a guy who was averaging 18, 19. He wasn't a 30-point scorer. People acting like that. Michael Porter Jr. is a flawed player. He is a great scorer, but a flawed player. But what do you have? You got a bunch of guys on that bench who are grinders, veterans, who will do what they have to do. The Mm -hmm. reason the Wizards, the Wizards are a young team, right? That's a young group. But they got... At your, but the veterans on in, like you said, you add a Montrez Harrell to that group. You bring in those guys, but you've got a Daniel Gafford who last year outplayed the Pelicans when he played against them. A Daniel Gafford who you could have drafted, but you didn't. So and you, Daniel Gafford is a guy who brings his hard hat every night, bro. Instead, you take Kyra Lewis because you're betting on upside. But you can't bet on upside when you upside. don't have any wins in your tank. You can yep. start shooting for upside once you've gotten to the point where you're consistently winning. We say, we can take a shot on this guy. But when you are trying to build a foundation, you need people mm-hmm. that I know what I'm going to get from you every night. I can't have a whole bunch of projects. New Orleans had a whole bunch of projects at one time. The city wasn't shit when it had 35 projects out there. You tear all the projects down, start building real housing. That's what you're supposed to do. People supposed you to live can't, in have when you're a, when you're an organization that's trying to that's trying to cement and supplant itself, you can't go on hope. You have to build it in order for it. You can't go, man. I can't wait to put some, you know, some uh, new paint on these walls and I'm gonna get brand new window treatments, but you ain't spend no time on the foundation. Like that's all dressing it up, but you got nothing that you're building for your core. And that's what's essential in order for them to get. Then once you've got your core and your foundation and you've established yourself and you've supplanted yourself, then you can start to strategically move pieces. But until you get to that point, it's gonna be constant turnover, constant turnover and blaming, well, we gotta get rid of this one. Well, we gotta get rid of this one. Well, we gotta get rid of this one. Everybody but- on any great team, and we've, told, we've done this before, we keep saying it and until it gets resonates with people, the teams that win championships, they decide very early on. And the, the Warriors had to do it. They said, Monte Ellis, it was Monte Ellis or Steph Curry. They said, bye Monte. Monte, yeah. no Steph. You know what I'm saying? Then they went and drafted Clay and they got they drafted Draymond. Those are their guys, and they said, This is the three. Everybody That's else is our moving. foundation. That's Everybody our else foundation. is moving. 
the Milwaukee Bucks that just won the championship. Giannis and, and uh, Chris Middleton are the only two guys who've been there the whole time. Everybody else around them was yeah. moving because the organization said they identified Giannis is the future and we need people to compliment Giannis. They found Chris yeah. as, a, as a trade for a second rounder, you know, a second round guy, Chris Middleton, but they said he compliments Giannis. They get each other. They play off of each other. They stay together. These two, that's our core. Everybody else compliments them. Same thing. Everywhere you look, you decide. Even what you're talking about with Boston, when they were in with, with, with their group, they said, is KG, Pierce, and, and Ray? And what do we fit around them? We fit around a Rondo. You fit around a Perk. You fit around these a James Posey. You get veterans who were role play. Eddie House. These are not stars. Nope. You take your two or three stars and everybody else is supposed to be built around that. They are all, you can't develop five, six, seven rotation players at one time. This is the NBA. There's no time to practice. There is, this is not a developmental league. That's why you have the G League. The G League. So you can't develop seven and eight guys. You cannot have eight players under the age of 25 and think you're ever going to win anything because you show me a team that has most of his players who are that young in the league, and I'll show you a team that's losing games. Well, bro, look at what, again, as we've used the reference before, or with Memphis and New Orleans. Remember, Memphis and New Orleans were supposed to be so equal. Yep. So equal. But yet Memphis decided we're going to build around Ja Morant. We're going to get players that complement him in order for us to build and have a better organization. And you look at who they've given up on. They gave up on Brandon Clark. They said we don't, he doesn't fit with us in this. They've stuck with they've stuck with Ja and they are trying to figure it out with Triple J. Yeah. They're trying to figure it out with him. But everybody else around Ja, either they're role players like Dylan Brooks, nice role players, or they will move you. They are not stressing Kyle Anderson. Kyle Anderson, who's as slow as a turtle as they come, but he plays a particular role. And he's been with what? Winning teams. Bruh, again, same situation, man. It's the same situation. And this is what, this is what, so many Pels fans are not grasping in that mindset. What have we built? What have we built? And again, even when Zion comes back, even when Zion comes back, you know what it's going to be. Well, he's got to get into shape. That's why we kept telling you, you got to ride the bike. You got to walk the treadmill that's weightless. You got to be in the pool working out. You got to be eating better. Dude, it's inexcusable, but that also goes to show me your work ethic and how you're just satisfied with talent. Where is your work ethic? Dude, you should be chiseled up. You got all the time in the world. Bro, when I broke my right wrist and wore it to wear a cast for six months, you know what I spent time doing? And you already know what the answer is. Working on that left. Yep. Working on that left. Working on that left. Hey, you don't need a foot to do crunches, dog. You don't need a foot to do push-ups. You know what I'm saying? You okay. can do, you can re, you can put your foot up on uh, you can put your leg up and release the pressure and just still be able to work that upper body. We know you, you don't need your foot to do pull-ups. You know what I'm you saying? Don't need so tell me, and there it's it's all about the makeup of what your team is. Do you have winners? And that when I say that, I mean people who are committed to the process of winning as a group. Are they or are they guys who like to play basketball? And look. That's fine. But I don't know if the Pelicans have either guys who really love 
basketball or love winning. And you got to have those kinds of guys. And we could keep going, but it's been like we, we've What's been a lot. But we've been a lot. What is your work ethic? What do you What's want? your work ethic? Okay, D. Grub. That's just like with you and I doing the podcast. That's just people. You know, people used to always like, "Damn, dude!" Like you're announcing a basketball game, then you got to go and announce a baseball game, then you're still doing the podcast. It's just like people. Your work. People don't know that you and I would be, you're doing the radio broadcast for a high school game while I'm the PA announcer for the high school game. We both are rushing from there because we're saying, catch up with you later because you got to go and do something else pertaining to our careers as I'm going to be. It's like, it's the work ethic. Where is your work ethic? You have to be willing to say, you know what? I'm going to bet on myself first and foremost. And if that means I'm going to miss out and lose these things over here in order to elevate over here where I need to go, growth does not come with a lot of different people. Growth does not come with you having all the time in the world and having tons of friends. Growth means you got to separate and focus on and do what you need to do. You can't be the one who drops the, the rope. You can't be the one who drops the rope. And the Pelicans got a bunch of dudes whose either hands are covered in butter or don't know how to pick up a rope at all. And it's just, it's I'm I'm sorry to say, folks, if, if you think this team is going to make the playoffs, I feel for you. Yeah. I feel for you. But yeah. this, is, this is what they have built. They have built a sandcastle on a rainy beach. Okay? They and in, order, and in order to make the playoffs, Dave, we talked about this for years, bro. So we're doing this. You also have to be a team that can run off a string of wins of six, seven, eight in a row. And this is a and team that has not had a four game long, a winning streak longer than four games in four years. In four, they have more four game losing streaks than four game winning, winning streaks. So you know this is the product that it is. This is what it is. That's it. That's it. And I, I don't think there's anything left to say right now. We'll do this again. We ain't got to do it every week because if we do it every week right now, we're going to be frustrated, but we're going to be we'll back. Be and, you know, and that's what I was telling somebody. I said, we actually, I think we did a, I think we did a great job in waiting to about 10 games in to kind of assess a little bit as well as do a little bit projection. But here's the funny thing about it, Dave, and I'm going to end on this part. And of course you finish it up, my brother. Just as you think the Pelicans are going to hopefully get better, other teams who have a culture are getting better. They're not hoping it. They are getting better. And they got goals, too. And they have things that they want, too. And so what makes you think that they're going to stay bad or that they're going to come back to you when you don't know how, where you're going? You have no and, map. You have and no comfort. one and nine and one and nine ain't the way you started. No, no. And this is not one of those teams that you go compare and talk about, well, when this team got out the gate slow and then when this guy came back, they went on a run. It's not that because those teams were already those teams that you look at typically that did that were already put together. Something went wrong at the beginning. And then because like remember the year when the Lakers finally broke through and got their championship that first year with Phil, they started off real slow that year. Yeah, remember they yeah. weren't because they they won that title a year ahead of schedule. People forget the first year Phil was there. They weren't first. In, they didn't even win the division. Right, they the came Blazers out of the gate the slow because they yeah 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 yeah. 
And that Lakers team had a lot. Look, you talk about a team that had that had to bring in Ron Harper. They had to bring in Glenn Rice, bring in Rick Fox and all these people who and they had just gotten rid of seasoned veterans. Yeah, you had gotten rid of Eddie Jones. You had gotten rid of um, Nick Van Exel. You had gotten rid of these star players to bring in what role players, role players. They brought in a bunch of role players, Ron Harper, Horace Grant. They bring in role players in to stabilize who? Jack and Kobe, who had not yet won a championship. You brought in guys who had championship medal to play with guys who had not yet won a championship. No matter how talented Kobe Shaq, what did they do with Jordan? You sent out Charles Oakley, who was his friend, to get Bill Cartwright, who had who was an older guy, not his not to be his friend, but to be the the, the boss in the room, to be the grown up. That's why Bill Cartwright was brought to Boston, brought to Chicago, was to be the grown up. They didn't have a grown up on the roster. You had to have somebody who wasn't gonna let Michael Jordan talk to them crazy, and, and Bill Cartwright. Never was gonna let Michael Jordan talk to him crazy. That's a grown ass man, and so you gotta have. And a who's the grown up? And who's the grown up on this team? You it can't have be none. Jonas. It can't. You be have Jonas. none. It's not. It's not for Jonas to be. That's that, that's not for Jonas to be. Nope. No, he's sir. only twenty nine. No, despite him looking fifty nine, he's young. All right, brother. We're gonna we're gonna do this problem. Let's do this. Let's say we'll do it every ten games. Every ten games. Every ten games. Every ten games to assess it. Absolutely, I'm with that. Otherwise, we're gonna we're gonna kill each other. Because another thing people don't realize is that we also got stuff in our lives that we got going on too. Absolutely. (laughs) And uh, but the the evidence of this conversation shows again that that it's timeless for us, man. You know, we pick it up, we pick it up, we do it again, and it's just like the last time. Um, Yep. You know, you're my brother. And I'm, I'm glad that we got to do this again. And I hope, you know, if you're listening to it and I hope, if you've made it through this point, I hope you you get where we're coming from. I hope you understand that we are not hating on anybody. That, I again, my, I don't work for the Pelicans. I don't work for the fans. I work to be as honest as I can be with you, to be, to be truthful, because I love basketball. And I want to see winning basketball, whomever I'm watching it with. If I'm covering, when I'm doing Tulane games for ESPN, I want Tulane to play well because, look, that's I'm, I'm getting paid to watch this. Yeah, right. sure. But I, I want to see some wins. I, I, you want to yeah. work and see some wins. It's like, not wanna, fun covering losing. Like, we don't want to keep trying to find a silver lining in a loss and being blown out and stuff like that. We want to be able to tell you all the good things that are going on just as just as much as you want to hear them, we want to express them. Believe you me, we do. Like, they gotta happen. They gotta <laughs> happen. Good stuff gotta happen for us to talk about good stuff. And it ain't happening. And this is a you team, know? this is a team that is sitting in the middle of the lake, spinning in a canoe, just going in a circle. That's what this is. This is this is not success. This is not what success will look like. This is not what success they're will moving. Do. They're moving. They just ain't moving anywhere that's progressive. If anybody's on a treadmill, it's the New Orleans Pelicans. Uh, But we'll put that right there. Y'all, thank y'all for listening. And like I said, we'll be back in another 10 games. We'll see what it is. I'm thinking it's going to be probably like 3 and 17, 4 and 16, because I look at that schedule and I see some teams that's going to whoop their ass. But We'll see. We'll see. We'll yeah. tell you what it, when it is what it is. We'll tell you what it is, and we won't. We won't give you nothing else. We'll tell you. you know, and that's the great thing about it is the fact that even though me being in Dallas, I still get to watch every single Pelicans basketball game because not only do I have league pass, not only am I still engaged and want the Pelicans to win because we do feel like they're a part of us. We're a part of them. 
But not only do I have the league pass, I got the fire stick, brother, and I watch all games anytime, day or night. So I'm going to always talk? be a fail guy. And we sit there, we text through every game. We text, the, you know, during games. We talk about stuff during games. We talk about stuff after games. Last night we were texting at 1 o'clock in the morning. Yeah, brother. Because this, this, it's just, it's this, y'all just don't understand. Like, y'all, y'all really <laughs> don't know that how much bad basketball frustrates me. You just don't get yeah, it. It hurts my heart, man. It's like, it's, it's, it hurts my heart. It's like watching, I mean, I guess if you're a brilliant painter and you watch somebody come and put a, some spray paint and tag up something in the Louvre, that's how you feel when you're watching bad, that's how I feel when I'm watching bad basketball. It's like, you know, if, you, if you're a standard you comedian, the life you're, out of you. movie, you're nobody like, funny. Oh. You're like, man, because the thing about it, initially when you think about it, you know, you and I, for the past week, we were just like, you want to do it this week? We're like, I don't know. I ain't really. It's, it's like, I mean, it's hard for us as well. But last night it cracked. And I was like, Dino, I said, you I'll, just, I yeah, said, I don't know if you're going to be here. I said, I, but I'm be, I'm going to be there. I said, I'll be, I'm going to be there. You be there. And you said, I'll be there. I'll be there. <laughs> Let's do it. <laughs> because again, we're watching the same thing. And it's just like, damn. Come on, dude. And we'll leave it at that. So until the next time, this has been High Low with David and Nadine on Hard Paint.